to small accounts. This was a, a bank that only catered for the most part to Silicon Valley and their customers. So how did Silicon Valley get so big? All of the money that cascaded into our economy uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. In the meantime though, all of that money went to Silicon Valley Bank. Their deposits went up 300% to 200 billion. The average bank over that same time frame, their deposits went up 35%. So they're living large, they're having a great time. What do they do with the money? They don't lend it out. By the way, who the hell needs a loan in Silicon Valley? Happening because it's fully insured no matter what the amount is. If you're in a big bank, you're not fully St. Patty's Day to you. I've got a pot of gold on me head. Top of the evening to you. Top of the evening to you. Now, most of you guys know us as the Swedes. Our last name is Svensson. We're Swedish. We're actually Irish on my mom's side of the family. Dyer. Dyer is the name there. I actually didn't wear my Dyer shirt there, but I've got this. I am Irish and I want y'all to know it, but that's not what the news is going to be today. Leah, what do we got for him news-wise besides St. Patty's Day. Yeah, so this week we should have had a total banking collapse. We didn't because the Fed backstopped or bailed out a bank. Now, how is that going to affect you and me remains to be seen. And maybe it's time for a pot of gold, you know. Yeah, I think I think it is. We time need for several pot of pots of gold. Yeah, RFK Robert Kennedy Jr. went on Jimmy Dore this week. He dropped a lot of truth bombs. We're gonna share some of those with you on this end of our segment. And later on, our second half of our show, you're not going to want to miss this. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to bring you maybe some hopeful sides to the craziness of what they're doing and then the pot of gold, you know. Oh, sure. I think that's a good idea. So All don't right. go anywhere. Take a break. Get some popcorn or a pot of gold, and we'll be right back after these messages. Okay. So if you missed this week, you missed a lot. Thankfully, you're here for resistance chicks to make sure that you don't miss anything that has happened this week. The biggest thing, honestly, we went live from our porch the night. It was Sunday night, actually. It was after our World News program. And we were like, oh, my gosh, the Fed has is bailing out Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, so last week we talked about the bank actually failing. This bank, this tech bank, we learned a lot about this tech bank since over, over the past week. And in the beginning, the Fed, Janet Yellen, said, we're not going to bail out anybody. And they did. And they bailed out this bank. And they didn't just bail out SVB, they bailed out Signature Bank. We <laughs> have a beautiful addition to tonight's show, which is our cousin's dog who does not like we, uh, she, I don't know why she doesn't like the show. She loves, I love the she show. She loves attention. <laughs> she does. Speaking of loving attention, actually, mm. um, this first story that I want to, I want to kind of dive into you guys, dive into with you guys is really, sad. it's kind of sad. So in, in this clip that I'm going to show you is a bunch of trans activists and telling this Florida legislature, Florida is getting ready to ban the, the the changing of genders for kids, and as they should. 
But these trans activists are so brainwashed that they are telling this telling this Florida committee that they are literally committing genocides. Let's go ahead and roll this so you guys can get an idea what we're talking about. Hi, I was once a trans youth and now I'm a happy 22 year old trans adult student at New College of Florida. This is my health care. Ma'am, okay. Don't tread on it. Senator Yarbrough has militarized the Florida GOP into the genital Gestapo. Ron DeSantis wants trans people dead. You are committing genocide. I grew up in Germany in the aftermath of Nazis, and what you people are doing is no different. This is transphobic, it is cruel, and you really should be ashamed. What you are doing by signing this bill is an act of war. The way it is as it is now, my people will die. And that blood, if you support this bill, will be on your hands. I'm 12 years old, I'm not buying it. If you pass this bill, many of us will die. I deserve to live as long as all of you. We are humans too. When I was two, I wanted to kill myself. By the time I was 15, I attempted to slice my own breasts off. I went to the ER because I was bleeding out. I'd also like to implore you all to remember that less than a week ago, gun, laws were, uh, gun law restrictions were loosened. And anyone who thinks it's a good idea to come and take my child, I dare you. Every time that I look at, at you guys in this committee, I realize more and more that you guys want to commit trans genocide and that our blood is on your hands. I am the parent of a transgender child who is almost eight years old and we are at the beginning of our journey and what you're doing is taking away life-saving potential opportunity for me and my family. Every 45 seconds, a trans person makes an attempt on their life, meaning that one happened every two speakers that you saw this very moment. 10 years ago, that was me. And one year ago, that was one of my siblings. And tomorrow, it will be the children of people in this room. Your vote on this bill determines if that 45 seconds becomes 30. So wow. Kimberly Klasik, she ran uh, for office, I believe, in Baltimore. She says, why aren't the kids in the hood transitioning to the opposite sex? I know the answer. Just wanted to see if you knew. Comment below. And here, this comment sums it all up. Well, because the typical demographic is upper middle class white kids of progressive parents for two reasons. They have time and money to worry about such things and have been conditioned to believe through critical theory that they are an oppressor and there is no way they can ever escape that status. So they see this as a way to join an oppressed class for which they are celebrated for instead of condemned. It's the relationship between CRT and queer theory. Wow, that was so well said. You know... As I'm watching these very broken people come up and stand before the mic and, and you hear the passion in their voice, you hear the brokenness and you see the brokenness on them. But over and over and over again, they keep saying, we will die. We will die. That blood is on your hands. Suicide is a very real issue in society. But suicide is a mental health problem. You don't just want to commit suicide. If mm -hmm. something in your life is so bad that you want to commit suicide, there are two aspects there. There's a mental health problem and that's something in your life. We can talk about that something in your life, but you cannot get away from the fact that if you want to kill yourself, you have a mental health issue. And they are trying to conflate the two to say that they are the same thing and they are not. So this girl, this young girl wanted to cut her chest off at 15 years that's old. That's a mental health issue. If you want to harm your body, you have a mental health issue.
there was this really awful movie with Mel Gibson where he had this puppet with a wood chuck on it. Okay. And he ended up cutting his hand off. And it's very demented, and it, it shows that, and, and then he finally got peace because he couldn't get the puppet to stop talking. Um, and so any normal person would say, no, we're not going to take your hand off. Well, and I want to know why these people, and, and I know why, the this group of people that were, they, they were up here speaking, they've not had conversations with people who have wanted to kill themselves after they transitioned mm -hmm. because they were trying to transition back and they will never be their birth gender again fully. Well, you will be, but physically they will not because of the damage that is done. So when you talk about the blood on people's hands, who's who gets the blood um, for the, the people that have transitioned, regret it, go back, and then they kill themselves? I Where's that bloodline? I just go back to the hand, to your foot. If you, you just, any, no doctor is going to take a healthy foot and cut it off. Right. No doctor is going to take a healthy hand and cut it off. Okay. This is, we're, you, can we have body part reassignment? I'd rather have six fingers instead of five. So I'm going to put it. No, this is, this is the end of uh, the, the critical race theory, where it goes, where people want to be something special. Now that little girl who's 12 years old, She's obviously brainwashed. She says, I'm non-binary. She doesn't even know what that means. All she knows is that her parents helped her and her teachers helped her and her friends. They're wanting to be cool. And this is a very serious issue that we have to take seriously because I've talked to some, everybody that I know who have, who have kids in that uh, 11, 12, and 13-year-old range, half the kids, if not three quarters of the kids, are identifying as something different. And this has never happened before. So that means that it is societal or nutritional, vaccines, whatever you want to blame it on, it's new. Yeah. This has never happened before. And these people are not stopping to ask why. Why? Yeah. Speaking of not stopping to ask why, there is a pop singer. She's part of the Pussycat Dolls. And she was vaccine injured. And the mm. Epoch Times actually did an interview with her. And I want to go ahead and play. There's, a, there's an intro to this interview, 60 Seconds, uh, where she comes and she explains a little bit about what happened to her. And she spe she's speaking out because she doesn't want other kids and other people to have to go through what she went through. I started developing a tremor. And then the next couple nights, I started getting involuntary head jerks and leg jerks. Today I sit down with former Pussycat Dolls member Jessica Sutta, a singer and dancer with two multi-platinum albums and several top 10 singles in her repertoire. When the neuropathy came and it spread through my whole body, I remember staring at the ceiling and thinking, oh my god, this is it, I'm dying. Today she shares for the first time what happened to her after getting a second Moderna COVID vaccine shot and why she chose to speak out. One death is enough. One, one child on the football field. <laughs> is enough. You know, they, I just read that FDA pulled a, an eye drop because it killed one person. Why is it so different with this? This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kelleck. I will tell you exactly why it's so different with this, because it has been on the docket and the agenda to get a worldwide vaccine out there for decades. And it's not been on the docket to get a worldwide eye drop out on the market. No, exactly. Uh, getting these, this vaccine, this worldwide vaccine, 
was a feat that the globalists had been dreaming of for years. How do we get everyone to take one thing at the same time? And then how do we get everyone to control their travel by taking this one thing? And so it, they don't care about side effects. Side effects are a blessing to them. Yay, more people are injured. They don't want healthy people, okay? You think that the, you think the WHO or the CDC actually care about health? Okay, Bill Gates is part of a world population agenda where they want people dead. They want people eating bugs, okay? And I have a clip that I'm going to play um, later on with Robert Kennedy Jr., where he talks about how, why the USA has the highest death rate because they were actually purposely trying to kill people with Fauci's drug of choice, which is remdesivir. And let's break it down to what it really is. It's the devil. It's satanic. The devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. And yeah. that's the modus operandi of these people. So unfortunately for this uh, young lady from the Pussycat Dolls, she was a part of that with mm -hmm. the industry. She does not realize that she's hurt now. And maybe, and I hope that if she hasn't already, she finds Jesus and repents for her lifestyle mm -hmm. of being a part of the machine that mm -hmm. degrades society as a whole. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't going to quite uh, touch on that because I'm glad that she's speaking out. But no, degrading society as a whole, brainwashing people, and now she's injured and now she's speaking out. Is it going to take more injuries for people to speak out? Right. Let's hope it doesn't take those things, right? Speaking of taking things to wake people up, so I think it was Lynette Zhang of ITM Trading that first played this clip, and other people played this clip, of what went on behind the closed doors with the FDIC. You see, when they were deciding whether, what are, whether they're going to bail out the Silicon Valley Bank uh, and then Signature Bank, and they said the quiet part out loud. They said... We need the people to trust the banking system more than we do. <laughs> There's a really great economic pundit on Fox News named Charles Payne. And there's a whole like eight minute clip where he rips this bailout to shreds. But I have a part of this clip at the end. But I want you to pay close attention as you listen to what these bankers think about you behind closed doors. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Right. It's, it's, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do, <laughs> that we want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They, they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out and that it's general. important that people understand they can be bailed in, but you don't want a huge run on the institution. But they have, I mean, they're going to be. That's. They have, I mean, they're going to be. That's. And. They are uh, more difficult. And then combine that with the fact that they're almost certainly going to fail uh, due to um, a, a run on, on liquidity. Uh, that they're almost certainly going to fail uh, due to um, a, a run on, on liquidity. Uh, I do want to go back to something Jay said about stabilizing statements. In my experience, they're not stabilizing. If you have to make a stabilizing statement, you're in real trouble. And uh, and I think that part of that means that there's a lot of pre-work that needs to be done such that those statements aren't seen as a reach. Because if they're seen as a reach, the market sniffs that out in two seconds and it actually has the opposite impact. And this is one of those big challenges, like what, what can be done ahead of time so that
It's all going as planned. Any merchants at the Silicon Valley Bank will be made whole. Same with the bank in New York. We're going to pay for that with a fund that banks already pay into, not with taxpayer money. Right now, every step being taken has one purpose. To make sure this domino effect ends now. Earlier tonight, all customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured. I want to rest assured they'll be protected. And look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Focus on. I do want to go back to something Jay said about stabilizing statements. In my experience, they're not stabilizing. If you have to make a stabilizing statement, you're in real trouble. Americans are small accounts. This was a, a bank that only catered, for the most part, to Silicon Valley and their customers. So how does Silicon Valley get so big? All of the money that cascaded into our economy uh, at the beginning of the pandemic helped to spur that big IPO in SPAC streak, if you guys remember. Uh, we had over 1,000 IPOs, 59% of uh, offerings, 59% was SPACs. 90% of them were pure crap. The others all went out overvalued. Everyone who bought them at the IPO price, every American is losing money right now, even before this crisis. In the meantime, though, all of that money went to Silicon Valley Bank. Their deposits went up 300% to 200 billion. The average bank over that same time frame, their deposits went up 35%. So they're living large, they're having a great time. What do they do with the money? They don't lend it out. They don't lend it out. By the way, who needs a loan in Silicon Valley? They don't lend it out. So they put it into different things and they start loan and you know, start uh, uh, investing with it. Then things look a little dicey. So they say, okay, well, let's buy these bonds. And let, let's, let's be clear. The, the American public must know every account in this country is insured to $250,000. Every single account. This was not about bailing out small accounts, regular Americans. This is another bailout of the elites. This is a bailout of Silicon Valley, the same Silicon Valley that just brought a Sam Bankman Freed. The Silicon Valley that for 20 years grew companies privately to exorbitant valuations, outrageous valuations, and then foisted them on the public at an even higher valuations. They have made they have made so much money. I mean, only only the Saudi Arabian princes can, can <laughs> deal with the amount of money that they've made. You know, he makes such an excellent point, and I'm glad that he said this. The, your account, all accounts in the United States are already insured for that $250,000. A bailout isn't if your bank goes under and you need to get your less than $250,000. That's not a bailout. That's called insurance. That's what the FDIC is there for. When he says that it is a bailout, it's because these people with millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and they are not insured. They are not insured. And they know that. And you have to know that. And then that other guy in the middle there, bold face lied, saying this isn't this all of this money is gonna come from those funds. First of all, they don't have those funds. They are and it's going to come from them putting more zeros on the books, out of thin air, which goes to the silent tax, which we call well, inflation. Guess who? Guess who's going to pay for this? They're going to take it from all the banks in all the country. Now, uh, later on in the second half of our show, I'm going to play a clip with uh, Langford from Oklahoma questioning. To clarify, we have two parts of our Brideon show. Leah means we do an after show on resistancechicks.com that starts at seven. That's the part you're referring to. Yeah, where uh, Senator Langford from Oklahoma asked Janet, Janet Yellen, so these small banks in Oklahoma, are they going to be covered? Mm-hmm. And she said, no. No! No, they will not be covered. Because oh unless, unless there is a systemic 
risk. And basically, only the big banks will be bailed out. Exactly. And the giant tech banks. Tech banks. So Vivek uh, Ramaswamy uh, says the Silicon Valley bailout, that's what it should be called. It wasn't strictly a bailout of Silicon Valley. It was a bailout of the tech companies who made reckless financial decisions by depositing way too much money at SVB. If you wonder what fuels populism, you know it's justified. And um, there was another there was another question put to Janet Yellen about Chinese companies who have money in SVB, we're going to bail them out too. Mm. Not just American money. She's like, if a depositor has money in that bank, they'll be bailed out. Unbelievable. Yeah. Josh Holly says, what's basically happened with these special assessments to cover SVB is the Biden administration has found a way to make taxpayers pay for a bailout without having to vote on it. Thomas Massey says, when the debt limit is increased, the Treasury is going to need over half a trillion dollars to unwind their, quote, extraordinary measures. Seems uh, like a bit of a shock to the current system. If that money is, quote, printed like it was for COVID spending, it's going to cause more inflation. This is unreal. Yeah, so I was I was fit to be tied. We did a video. You had steam Sunday coming out night. I was really angry because this is not about a bailout for... The everyday guy. The everyday guy. And, you know, there are people on the right. There's a guy named David Sachs who uh, Tucker had on who was pushing for this and pushing. You guys don't understand. You guys don't understand. You don't understand. This could be systemic. This could be systemic. And I'm guessing he had money in that bank. You know, uh, I think Gavin Newsom pushed for it. I think he had money in that bank. When a bank is getting ready to fail because they made bad decisions mm. and then there was a run on their bank 40 million 40 billion withdrawn the bank has to fail at some point here's the thing this is what happened in 2008 when the government actually took over two car dealerships did you know that ford and gm not just car dealerships well car manufacturers um gm and ford they took them over and they picked winners and losers you know, one of the guys running for governor here, and uh, Jim Renacci, he had a thousand employees at a GM dealership, and his he went to his Democrat congressman. He said, "You can't, you guys can't just shut me down." And people in Congress, congressmen, chose which dealerships to remain open and which to close. You guys, when Trump said we'd never have socialism, he was he here in two thousand and eight. 2008 was all about socialism, and you can't just keep printing and printing and printing. You can kick the can down the road, and what they're hoping is as they kick the can down the road, somebody's going to come up with some sort of solution. No, 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 no. This is what they're. This is their plan. Their plan is that at at, at some point the big fall is going to happen. They know it's inevitable. It literally is a house of cards that can't be kept up. When the big fall happens, then they will print their way out of debt go back to zero and start a brand new monetary fund. You know, all that money that we owe China, trillions of dollars, all we have to do is just print that money. We can print it, we can add, not even print it, but just add zeros to, their, to the account, pay off China, we are then debt free and our economy goes kaput. Then the government comes in and says, we're gonna rescue you with a new monetary system, which you have to take because we failed. Thomas Massey says, moral hazards of high-value, high-money depositors, they're incentivized to use banks that pay the highest interest with no concern for risk, okay? Silicon Valley Bank 
there was no return on investment with bonds and interest rates at 0.8%. Exactly. Okay. And so they needed to make money. Rich people want to make more money, right? So they invest in risky investments. They have no incentive to open up multiple less than $250,000 accounts at different banks now. They have no distinct uh, distinctive to run their own bank like they did here. Retroactive insurance paid to those who didn't pay premiums is not insurance. It's welfare. Welfare for well-connected capitalism is cronyism. I've heard some uh, argue uh, that a little bit of cronyism or corporate welfare for SVP depositors is good for America. I disagree, says Thomas Massey. And so do I. This is welfare. This is welfare. They knew. They had more than $250,000. They knew that if something went wrong in this bank, they were going to lose it. That's on you to have. Maybe you have another type of insurance. Okay, I have to have homeowner's insurance. You should have wealth insurance. <laughs> exactly. So we've got more coming up right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. We've got RFK and more on this. <laughs> we'll be back. Okay, so here's what here's what Lee and I have been telling you for a while. You need to be stocking up on gold and silver. You need, yes. if you can, you need to be stocking up on things that will last. One of the places, one of my favorite places to get those types of items is the Brideon store. Yeah. So we were just down in Texas with mm -hmm. Mike Adams. And he opened up the ranger buckets that yeah. have like the beans. We opened up the lentils bucket. You guys had to see the where Bro Brody, his dog, which is, yes. it, which uh, our dog Holly here is uh, giving us some some cheering us on here, where he took or the something. lentil bag and threw it around. Yeah, that was but. So Barring a dog, these bags are rodent-proof and uh, storm-proof. Yes. And if she gets too out of hand, I promise I will take her upstairs. But if you go to the Brideon store, I was looking right now to see what they have on sale. Vitamin D3 and K2 60 capsules, those are those are there. I'm, I take vitamin D3. I take vitamin D. That's one of the things that keeps us depressed if, we're, if yeah. we have a lack of it. Yeah. Um, then they have their vitamin C on sale. The nascent iodine, which I take every single day, right. is on sale. They've got all of these freeze-dried things. So much there. The fair trade organic freeze-dried instant coffee, the kale, the goji berries. And so what Mike Adams was saying is that, yes, you can buy these things, dried fruits and vegetables, um, at the store if you're going to be using them. But this is for your kind of wealth preservation. Yeah. So you can grab and go if you need to bug out. So these are the things you should get for, for prepping. But also to have like nascent iodine, you should definitely get that from the Brighton store. Be taking, I take a drop every day. And the Ranger buckets are on sale. Now, I didn't realize until we were there that they are, there's two of them. So yeah. it, that's a two pack. It's not just that they're showing you two buckets. It's literally two buckets. And full. they come individually packed. So if you needed to open up one, all the other ones are still going to be sealed. And I didn't realize I that. Know. I mean, it's just absolutely phenomenal. It's definitely so. worth It's definitely worth getting and putting that in, in your bug out. Like if you could bug out, like I got to go somewhere, you grab these buckets and you go. That's what they're for. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that Mike was being super honest about it. He's like, if you're going to consume foods, get them from the store. Yeah. These are packaged so that they will last and rodents won't get in them and you can take and them. And it's peace so of mind, that. right? It's peace of mind if something goes wrong, the electricity goes out, you just add a little water, start yeah. a little fire and you can cook them up. Yes, exactly. So use promo code CHICKS at the Brighteon store, brighteonstore.com. And not only will you be getting products that you know are healthy, they're organic. Mike has the highest standards. He doesn't let anything pass by that he doesn't like highly approve of. Yeah. But also then you're supporting stations like this yeah. Resistance Chicks show, all of your favorite shows on the Brighteon TV network. That is, to me, 
invaluable. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Like it's USD organic, non-GMO, USDA, USDA, uh, kosher, gluten-free. Like they, Mike puts everything that he has into making sure that these are the top quality products. You know who doesn't put everything that he has into (laughs) top quality products? Who? Dr. Fauci. You know it. So this week, it was a bombshell after bombshell after bombshell with Robert Kennedy Jr. on Jimmy Dore. Now, Jimmy Dore is left-leaning, but he's an independent. Is independent, but he's definitely a leftist. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And but when it comes to COVID and lockdowns and vaccines, well, RFK is on the left. I mean, this is, yeah, JFK is a Democrat, right? They're from a Democrat family. But he he really has honed in on the the um, the misdeeds, I should mm. say, of Dr. Fauci. And what he really put together was Dr. Fauci. And the Patriot Act and what really started to happen in 2002, Dr. Fauci was working on bioweapons as far back as 2002, and he was calling it like biodefense. And you have to hear this clip. This is absolutely insane from RFK. The Pentagon was very worried about actually launching a full-blown bioweapons arms race because they said nobody, you know, this is very sketchy. The Patriot Act, you know, exemptions are very sketchy and people don't even know about it. And so they didn't want to do it. So they took the money that Cheney gave them, $2.2 billion, and they funneled it through NIH. And it all went through Anthony Fauci. So beginning in 2002, Anthony Fauci got a 68% raise from the Pentagon for doing bioweapons development. And he got a raise of billions of dollars a year to do it. And then he started building, doing, that's when they started doing all this gain of function. And then in 2014, three of those bugs escaped in high profile escapes from different labs in the United States. Fauci to build all these new labs at BU at Galveston to do the, to do his shenanigans. And so four or three of the bugs escaped and they, they received publicity and they had smallpox and a lot of really bad things. And then Congress held hearings on it. Everybody was angry. These bugs escaped and 300 scientists, top scientists, sent letters to Obama saying, you've got to shut down Anthony Fauci because he's going to create a pandemic. And so Obama ordered a moratorium. And at that time, Fauci had 18 different uh, gain-of-function experiments he was doing around the United States. But uh, Obama ordered him to shut them all down, but he didn't. He instead moved his stuff offshore to Wuhan, where he could do it out of sight of these 300 scientists and nosy White House officials who were trying to shut him down. And they continued to do it with Ralph Barrick, the same people he was funding here, Ralph Barrick and Peter Daszak, and they moved their operations to the Wuhan lab. We needed to put into place a plan uh, to deal on a public health basis and on a biomedical research basis. The difficulty is this was totally uncharted grounds for us. So I found myself, um, again, uh, never imagining that I would be doing this, needing to learn from people that I never thought I would be learning things from, namely bioweaponers, people who were our own bioweaponers in the United States decades ago, uh, international figures, people from other countries, the UK, and also, and importantly, defectors 
uh, particularly from the Soviet Union, who had vast experience in the ways of bio-warfare. And what I learned very quickly, that if we're going to mount a defensive program to guard the homeland against bioterror, we had to understand some fundamental things that may seem obvious, but when you're planning a multi-billion dollar program, they're not so obvious. You know, this man. Bioweapons and biodefense, they're the same coin. <laughs> they're the same side of the same coin. You Don't you see? He's been doing this since 2002. Yeah. And when Obama shut him down, he moved it offshore to Wuhan. So essentially what he was saying is, you know, a good offense is a good defense or a good defense is a good offense. I think he was saying a good defense is a good offense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if we go on the mm -hmm. offense and then release bioweapons, that's us being defensive. Work on them. Work on Let's just work on them. You know, there was another clip where Dr. Fauci was really grilled on the gain of function. And asking, you're making these viruses worse and worse. Well, 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 that's not gain of function. Yeah, you're gaining function. Well, we need to see how these things could actually uh, develop. You know, he was actually he was grilled on CNN this week because of the lab leak theory. And he's like, well, what I think is it's still from an animal because somebody just went out to the bat cave, got bit by a bat came out and somehow their blood leaked. I don't know. It seems like a science fiction. So Fauci believes in Batman. Right. But they weren't working on it is what they're saying. He's right. Saying it, nobody was actually creating this. Nobody was actually doing the gain of function. It still was just. In a lab where gain of function is done, the thing that got released on all the world was not one of the things that they were doing gain of function. So remember. Oh, what, what convenient. Was just, in 2014, three of the bugs that Fauci was working on escaped in high-profile escapes from different labs in the U.S. And Congress held it's hearings on little it. Buggers, aren't they? Everybody was angry. 300 top scientists sent letters to Obama saying, you got to shut down Fauci because he's going to cause a pandemic. So Obama ordered a moratorium. And at that time, Fauci had 18 different gain-of-function experiments he was doing around the United States. He instead moved this stuff offshore to Wuhan, where he could do it out of sight of those 300 scientists and the nosy White House officials who were trying to shut him down. Is that after he got his 68% rate uh, yes. raise increase? And he continued to do it with the same people who, who he was funding, Ralph Barak, Peter Daszak, and they moved their operations to the Wuhan lab. dun 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 all right, so I have another clip here that's kind of a big bombshell. You guys know it, but I want to remind you that I guess I hadn't really put it in this kind of perspective. The United States had the highest death rate in the entire world because Dr. Fauci pushed remdesivir. Can we see this clip? In our country, um, all of the things that liberals care about, which is kind of an equal distribution of wealth, were thrown, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of progress thrown out the window. There was a $3.9 trillion, trillion dollar shift in wealth from the poor and middle class in our country to the super rich. We created 500 new billionaires during the lockdowns. Um, it, it was a war on the poor and a war on children. Blacks suffered 3.6 times the death rate as whites. Um, and, you know, there's other countries, by the way, 
our country had the strictest adherence to all of these protocols, including the use of remdesivir, which is enormously toxic and completely, utterly inefficacious. But, you know, it was totally Fauci's pet drug. We were the only ones that had it for a year. And we, in our country, we have 4.2% of the global population. We had about 18% of the, almost 20% of the global deaths from COVID. How's that a success story? We, which we did everything we were supposed to do in this country more than any other country except for Australia. And we had the highest body count of any country in the world. The, the death rate in our country was 3,000 people dead from COVID per million population. In Nigeria, which has a 1% vaccination rate and where the entire population basically is on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin for malaria and river blindness, they had a death rate of 14 people per million population. So they didn't even have a pandemic. Yeah. These were the countries that Tony Fauci said, oh, there's going to be mayhem in the developing world. Well, guess what? There was no vaccinations available to the developing world and there was no COVID deaths. You know, it's just heartbreaking it, knowing that, okay, so one, the argument could be made that, like uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. just pointed out, that remdesivir was Fauci's pet drug. So you could say, okay, well, they pushed it because it's his pet drug and it makes lots of money. But they know that it kills people. Yeah. So is it about the money or are they trying to kill people? Because if you know that something that you're pushing on people kills them, then that makes you a murderer. Makes you a psycho. And they've turned it in the, they've honestly, guys, this is what I'm praying for you. I'm praying that if, that you never have to go to the hospital, I'm praying this for my family, that you never have to go to the, the hospital that you don't have. To, and if you've got a local doctor that you trust them, that they, that they understand what, the, uh, what's going on. But these hospitals right now have been overtaken by a demonic force mm. to where you can't reason, you can't talk to them. We, I have spent a lot of time in the hospitals. I take care of my grandma and my uncle. Um, through, and I've just, I've spent overnights in the hospital, months in the hospital, and I've always been able to reason with and talk to the doctors. Yeah. I've been able to reason with and talk to the nurses. They've always been, um, most of them, I would say most of them have been open and listening. And I've had nurses who will say, if this doesn't work, do this. If this doesn't work, say this. And I've been able to, to, you have to work to discuss and talk to these people, but eventually you kind of can get somewhere. They're not perfect, right? So you do have to take your health into your own hands. But what happened with the remdesivir is that they lied. They were giving them, um, com uh, what's, what is it called? Is com it com comridity? Com yeah, something like that. And it was called, they called it, they called it something different. And do we have it down it's here? Upstairs. It's upstairs. I was actually just gonna, I wanna, what I will do for next week is we actually have bracelets and I'm gonna get this to you guys where you can say, it looks like a med, it's a medical bracelet and it says, I'm allergic to, and it's got remdesivir, um, Val Val Valkyrie, which is the alternate term for remdesivir and, um, Comirnaty is the vaccine. Is, is the I'm sorry, I spoke. I spoke wrong. Comirnaty is fat. It's the or Pfizer vaccine. Veclery. It's Veclery. It's Veclery is the word that they use instead of remdesivir. Yes, that's its generic. So it says I'm allergic to that, and then the morphine drug that they give you right before they're going to kill you off. Right, and they do, and and you can see it. It's all the same. It's all, and we. We, you guys can go to Resistance Chicks on Rumble or resistancechicks.com and see the Remdesivir conference that we did and hear from the testimonies of these women whose husbands were 
literally killed one woman, and this happened to to multiple people. But one woman tells uh, a story that her her healthy thirty year old thirty in her thirties husband went in with some breathing problems. She said no remdesivir. They said fine. Then she found out later that her when his kidneys were shutting down, that they gave it to him. Then she tried to sue and go to a judge to get ivermectin. The judge said no. And then she finally found a doctor to get the ivermectin. At this point, he was on a uh, a CPAP machine, uh, or was he on the ventilator? I think he was on he was he, uh, he was on one of the breathing machines, and his oxygen was only sixty percent at that time. And when they, he got the ivermectin, the oxygen went up to a hundred percent. And he got the ivermectin for three days. Some doctor, some woman doctor, comes in, says we don't do horse medicine at this hospital. It says no more ivermectin and leaves and is never his doctor ever again. That's the only reason she was called in to do this. And then he ended up dying. And so this is um, all of these deaths, 300,000 people. Nobody needed to die. And it's not just ivermectin. People were praising ivermectin. Ivermectin is great, but it worked. It, ivermectin opens up the cells and it works great with the hydroxychloroquine. It works great with the doxycycline, with the steroids. Um, and, and these doctors who've been treating, they would try this, they'd try that, and they found a, like a formula that really works. And these doctors who are, are, are taking people with low oxygens in their upper 70s and low 80s with just a handful of doxycycline, ivermectin, and some steroids, and boom, they're living. And so when if you tell that to a doctor, and previously any doctor would say, wow, you found the cure? Yeah. You found a way to get people better. I want to do that. Exactly. But they get so much, much money. money for the remdesivir. They get so much money for the ventilators. They get so much money to not keep people alive. There's no mm -hmm. incentive to keep people it's, alive. It's actually they are incentivized to kill them. Now, last but not least, this I, I was just thinking this. You know, whenever you go into the hospital, they or even the doctor's office, they ask you for your known allergies. And I mm -hmm. always say none because I don't have any. I am going to change that from now on. If I have to go to the doctor and they ask me for my known allergies, it's going to be remdesivir, Veclery, and whatever that other drug is, the morphine that they give you before they kill you. Right before they kill because you. Because then if all everything fails and they do end up killing you, at least your money, your, your family can sue and, and get money. Yeah, so uh, pharmaceutical companies have a long list of drug side effects in their advertising. But when ordinary citizens describe true stories of COVID vaccine side effects, the U.S. government and its contractors called it misinformation and demand censorship. So here's uh, uh, from the Twitter files. I have something for you. Uh, VP routinely framed real testimonies about side effects as misinformation from true stories of blood clots from AstraZeneca vaccines to a New York Times story about vaccine recipients who contracted the blood disorder throm uh, the thrombosis. They Clear, they they classified those side effects as just misinformation. But every like blood pressure medicine has this long list of side effects that you have to read at the end of like. Well, it's like that woman said in the clip that we played in the first half. She was like, "Well, they pulled a a for one death, and I don't even know that the death was from the eye drop, but one death from this eye drop, and they pull it." Yeah. So I do have one, just one clip of Biden this week. But before we get to that. I want to tell you guys that next week, if you guys are in the Cincinnati, Kentucky, Indiana area. Yes, ma'am. Um, go to CoachDaveLive.com. CoachDaveLive.com. And we want you guys to join us the 24th and 25th um, here in Cincinnati, Ohio, right outside of Cincinnati and Milford for Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Carrie Madej, uh, Tom Renz, Resistance Coach Chicks. And Resistance Chicks 
and, and a evening. day at the Creation Museum. It's a two-day conference. So in the on Friday, we're going to go to the Creation Museum. In the evening from 6 to 9, we've got a conference for uh, Tenpenny and Wrens and Midday. And then also maybe Resistance Chicks. And then all day on Saturday, it's gonna you're going to be able to ask questions. It's, You'll be able to have conversations. You will get so up close and personal with these people. The it's, Kentucky Huddle. It's called the Kentucky Huddle, but it's actually happening in Ohio. Well, part of it. So we want you guys to join us there if you can make it next week. It's the day after our mom's birthday anyway, it is. by the way. So. It is. If you guys want to send weekend. a happy birthday to Patriot Gallery. You can. You can we have a P.O. Box. 107 Milford, Ohio, 45150. 107 Milford, Ohio, 45150. It's in the description of all of our and, stuff. Are you guys going to e email us at massfay33 at gmail.com and say some thank yous? Because she legit, we couldn't do this without her. She takes all our videos. She downloads them, puts them up on all the different platforms. So you're probably watching this on another platform. Maybe you're not watching it live on Bridie. Maybe you're she watching it does on so Josh Who. Much. She also does her own blogs that are amazing, by the way. You'll see yeah. those from time to time. We call her Patriot Gallery because one day everyone's like, who's this person standing? We called her the Peanut Gallery. She, she said, I don't like, like Peanut Gallery. So she decided, let's go with Patriot Gallery. So we've been calling her that ever since. So yeah, so if you see PG, that's mom. All right. Uh, I'm not, there's no, no speaking of anything to, to, to transition to that. But every, every week I try to bring you something. Uh, the best of Biden. Biden. I just have one clip and I'm going to have Michelle do her Biden interpretation uh, after this one. If we don't keep the temperature from going above 1.5 degrees Celsius raised, then we're in real trouble. That whole generation is damned. I, I mean, that's not hyperbole. Uh -huh. Really, truly uh -huh. in trouble. Wait a minute, wait, wait. So that's wait. on Comedy Central, by the way. That guy, you've seen him on comedy, in a comedy. Biden. The, the, I just the interviewer. I just need to clarify something. Yeah. If we get to 105 degrees Celsius, we are all darned. Yeah. We are boiled. We're done for. What is 105 degrees Celsius in well, Fahrenheit? What he meant, what he was saying is if we go up 1.5 degrees. That's what he was trying to say. If we go up one, if we go up 1.5 degrees, the whole and so the the word to be damned is to your soul going to hell, which may, so you know, maybe he's very familiar with that. So what he's saying is that a whole generation is going to hell and <laughs> to Hades. I don't know. That one was pretty creepy. That was um yeah okay 105 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. At that point, we've reached that is the end of humanity that's yeah. the end of the planet yeah that's the end of everything mm -hmm. um at that point the 105 degrees celsius i wish mm -hmm. i knew what that was yeah speaking of being darned we have an amazing series every wednesday on resistancechicks.com called revelation yes. wednesdays it's the hottest thing resistance chicks are doing very excited we did episode four this past week with joy and matt Thayer of spiro pictures it was incredible so go to resistancechicks.com and find the revelation red pill wednesdays you will not be sorry i promise you everything about what you believe about the last days is going to change we love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's the truth. And happy St. Patty's Day to you if you're Irish or not. Yes. Happy St. Patty's Day to you. So I started out the Bardian show. Yes, top of the evening. Top of the morning, evening, later day to you. I need to explain something to you. I actually should have put this back on. Even though the camera is it's not there here. Let me, let me, well, I'll move it back down in a minute. So, Lee and I are Irish. In addition to being Swedish, tonight, so so today we're putting on our Irish hats because we're, you know, our grandmother's name is Dyer, maiden name there, 
Yes. Don't you know? Yes. So there you go. And and I would I also want to start off by dispelling. Let me dispel. Let's What are we dispelling? We're going to dispel some misnomers. Okay. About Saint Patrick himself. Are you ready for this one? So our friends at the Jenny Museum, the Jenny Interpretive Leo Center, Nancy. Center Leo and Nancy in Plymouth, Massachusetts, sent this. Okay, Saint Patrick and his day, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Did you know that the patron saint of Ireland, Saint Patrick, was not Irish? He was born in Roman Britain. At about 14, he was captured by Irish pirates and taken to Ireland as a slave to ten sheep. For six years, he lived in horrible conditions. Ireland was a pagan country, a land of druids. Despite druids. 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 I said druids. Druids. Despite this, he turned to God and wrote his memoir, The Confession. In it, he wrote, The love of God and... Oh, I guess he wouldn't have had an Irish accent because he was British. The love of God and his fear grew in me more and more, as did the faith, and my soul was roused, so that in a single day I have said as many as a hundred prayers, and in night nearly the same, I prayed in the woods and on the mountain, even before dawn, I felt no hurt from the snow or ice or rain. Let me do a mic check here and make sure we got the right mic and everybody's wow. tuning in and everybody's good. I'm not done. I'm done. I'm not done. When he was about 20, he escaped and had a dream from God where he was told to leave Ireland by going to the coast where he would find some sailors who would take him back to Britain. Then he, re he reunited with his family, and after a few years, Patrick saw another vision where he also described in his memoir, I saw a man coming, as it were, from Ireland. His name was Victoricus, Victoricus, and he carried many letters, and he gave me one of them. I read the heading, The Voice of the Irish. As I read the letter, I imagined in that moment that I heard the voice of those very people who were near to the wood of Fucklut, which is beside the Western Sea. And they cried out as with one voice, we appeal to you, holy servant boy, to come and walk among us. His vision or his hearing from God caused him to study for the priesthood. He studied under the Bishop of Auxerre, St. Germanus who ordained him as a bishop and commissioned him to take the gospel to Ireland. Patrick arrived back in Ireland on in March of 433 AD, where it is said that he met a chieftain of the Druid tribe who tried to kill him. God intervened and Patrick converted the chieftain who opened the door that allowed him to preach the gospel throughout the land, converting thousands and building churches throughout the country. He used shamrocks, the three leaves and one stem, to explain the Holy Trinity and converted entire kingdoms to Christianity. He preached through all of Ireland for 40 years and died in Saul, where he, where he built his first church in on March, or excuse me, where he built his first church on March 17th, 40, 461. Patrick and his followers spread the gospel throughout Ireland, where it is said that he drove paganism, symbolized by the snake, from the land of the Arian. This is where the idea that he drove all the snakes from Ireland has its origin. So please eat and drink and turn Irish and be merry, but remember the origin of a saint that is honored throughout the world, St. Patrick, from the World Book of Encyclopedia. He found Ireland all heathen, and he left it all Christian. Happy St. Patrick's Day, and have a great spring from Leo and Nancy. So, I was thinking about the pot of gold and the little, I don't do, we don't do the little, what are they called? 
leprechauns. This is not about leprechauns for me. The pot of gold, I guess, is a little, but we do gold and silver on our show, so I had to do the pot of gold. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody needs a pot of gold, and God wants you to have a pot of gold. He does. Okay, and the rainbow, to me, represents Noah and the ark. All right, so Leah and I are very much against anything witchcrafty. Witchcrafty. And so I wanted to clarify why we do St. Patrick's Day. A, because we're Irish. Yeah. And my grandmother was very Irish. I even put on my grandma's clad ring today. Look at that. There you go. Well, um, my mom has those Irish green eyes. She does. We did not get them because she got... didn't pray for them. Do you know that our mom prayed for two girls with blonde hair and brown eyes? Boom. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. In order to keep her prayer going, we highlight her hair. Because <laughs> we started out blonde and then it kind of went a little bit sideways. Yes. So this is not to me about good luck. I'm not wishing you good luck. There's no luck of the Irish for me. Blessings. But there's blessings and St. Patrick spread the gospel to Ireland. I love the story. I love how he used the shamrock to literally display the Trinity. I think all that is awesome and fantastic. Yeah. So I wanted to give that caveat before we got started today. Oh no, that's so You're good. That's St. So good. Patty's Day. And now we're going to, and now for the news. And now for the news. So we played part of a clip from Charles Payne from uh, a Fox News pundit on the first part of our show. If you guys aren't catching our Bridie on show at six o'clock, then, then I don't know what you're that. doing in life. Honestly, you need to be doing that. Unless you're watching the full show that I upload afterwards, you know, our Friday night show on rumble and on Facebook's pretty big, right? Yeah. And I don't know. Are you all going back and watching the Bridie on show when I upload the full segment to the other platforms and rumble? Huh? Are you? Huh? You need to. Are you? You need to. You need to. All right, so I don't think I actually have this one up for you. I want you to see. I want oh, you to who see. enabled the stars on Resistance Chicks? What stars? Well, I wasn't gonna do the stars. I wonder if my, I wonder if Patriot Gallery did that. I wasn't gonna, but I did. Okay, so Facebook's, we now have the we stars. Have, did you ask them if we could get the stars? No, I've got the stars. They're there. Okay. So you guys can send stars on Facebook if you want to donate. I wasn't sure if I wanted to participate. We're here. And We're now here they're now. there. So you can send stars on Facebook if you want. All right. So, yeah, send them. I like them. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Charles Payne here breaks down what happened with SVB. We're, um, the first part of our show here, I want to talk to you guys about where we are at financially, which is very hilarious to me. Is it really that, that funny? No, that I feel censored to talk about banks and money on Facebook. They deleted Patriot Gallery's Quantum Leap video on YouTube. Oh my gosh. Because of cons it was promoting harmful conspiracy theories. So, Mark Senator Mark Ka Ka Kelly from Arizona was on a call with other congressmen and he said, "What can we do to censor misinformation so there's no bank run?" So we can now so we literally can't even we, we will. But what they're saying is that there's only going to be one narrative and their narrative changes. Because at first, uh, Janet Yellen said, we're not going to bail out these banks. And then they come and they are going to bail out the banks. Yeah. And they do bail out the banks. And there will only, this is, this is 1984. There is, you have to go and ask them, what is, what is the talking point? What can I say? Yes. Okay. And so, you know, this is the problem with public schools. Pre-early 1900s, you were taught critical thinking yep. and you were taught or oration skills, mm. the ability to debate both sides of a subject. I can debate both sides of the subject with the failing of the banks. I could say very easily, we didn't want to run on the banks. 
uh, it was a contagion uh, a, a event and you didn't want to see a bunch of, if you saw this bank fail, then people would pull their money out of the smaller banks, mm -hmm. move them to bigger banks, or God forbid, pull them out of the bigger banks and buy gold and silver or a farm or something. Okay. Get your pot of gold. We wouldn't want to see them taking all their money out of the banks now. <laughs> Don't you understand? You keeping your money in the bank is what keeps everything afloat, you know. Don't you know? It's, 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 you got to keep the kind of going. All right. And you're not allowed to call it a con. You're not allowed to call trillions being printed out of, of thin air a con job anymore. You're not allowed to call con job. counterfeit counterfeit, which is absolutely hilarious to me. But I want to go ahead and play this Charles Payne clip because he at least has some sanity on what happened with SVB and the Silicon Valley Bank, which we saw on Sunday. We're going to talk about a giant uh, Swiss bank that almost fell, but was infused with billions of dollars of capital. And we saw uh, another bank, a, a key bank this week being infused with capital. And so when you're seeing all these different things being infused with capital, it means that they are failing. Mm -hmm. They're having a problem. They're falling down. They need somebody to pick them up. All right. Okay. Can we play? Can, are we, we are. I think we're ready. I think we've okay. got it up. Yep. We're switching over now. You guys still liking the chick cam? It looks like we got one like asleep right there. <laughs> right in front of the cameras one sleeping. They do that. They kind of fall dead asleep. All right, let's rewind this. Americans and small accounts. This was a, a bank that only catered for the most part to Silicon Valley and their customers. So how does Silicon Valley get so big? All of the money that cascaded into our economy uh, at the beginning of the pandemic helped to spur that big IPO in SPAC streak, if you guys remember. Uh, we had over a thousand IPOs, 59% of uh, offerings, 59% was SPACs, 90% of them were pure crap. The others all went out overvalued. Everyone who bought them at the IPO price, every American is losing money right now, even before this crisis. In the meantime, though, all of that money went to Silicon Valley Bank. Their deposits went up 300% to 200 billion. The average bank over that same time frame, their deposits went up 35%. So they're living large, they're having a great time. What do they do with the money? They don't lend it out. They don't lend it out. By the way, who the hell needs a loan in Silicon Valley? They don't lend it out. So they put it into different things and they start loan and you know, start uh, uh, investing with it. Then things look a little dicey. So they say, okay, well, let's buy these bonds. Now, this is a real tricky part. This is why I think the overall market's getting hammered a little bit this morning. Uh, when banks put these bonds, there's two ways you can put bonds on your, on your books. One is held to maturity. If you do that, you don't have to mark the ups and downs of the bond market. Right. You don't have to mark that on, the, on, on your balance sheet. The ones that are for sale, you do, and you have to actively manage those. But the bulk of these bonds that they had were held to maturity. So the fact of the matter is, is the bond market took one of the worst rubbings it's ever had in the last year. The value, their, 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 you know, mm -hmm. the, the value of their bonds, their core asset started to go down. Uh, other things that happen, commercial back, uh, mortgage-backed securities, they own a bunch of those. Those are getting decimated in part from work from home. Mm -hmm. But this is an irresponsible, reckless bank. But it's, let, let's, let's be clear. The, the American public must know. Every account in this country is insured to $250,000. Every single account. This was not about bailing out small accounts, regular Americans. The mean bank account in this country is $41,000. You want to go by, uh, 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 so if you look at, for instance, the average bank account for someone without a high school diploma, 9000 bucks. But bachelor's degree, 79000 bucks. 
This is another bailout of the elites. This is a bailout of Silicon Valley, the same Silicon Valley that just brought a Sam Bankman Freed. The Silicon Valley that for 20 years grew companies privately to exorbitant valuations, outrageous valuations, and then foisted them on the public at even higher valuations. Mm -hmm. They have made... They have made so much money. I mean, only only the Saudi Arabian princes can can <laughs> deal with the amount of money that they've made. Who do you think are who do you think bids against each other for the world's biggest yacht? Mm -hmm. Who bought the Maltese Falcon? I mean, this is what I'm talking about. So, can I ask you something? <clears throat> yeah. So later in the show, we're going to talk to a woman who I'm going to pause this and skip it a little. Before. It's in what a year's time? Because these assets, these bonds, these long duration bonds, because the bond market took such a hit last year. It's so interesting because when you talk in Wall Street or in the investing world, they, when they say the term risk-free, they mean buying bonds. Yeah. <laughs> you always hear that. Risk-free. Well, obviously there was some risk here because this is one part of this was a major part of the dominoes. We can go further back. You know what? If there wasn't all this free money, I go back to the free money. If all this free money didn't cascade into this economy and spark this inflation crisis that has forced Jay Powell to come to the rescue, so to speak, we wouldn't be in this position in the first place. These are all the consequences of things like that. And when you hear President Biden brag about these things, yeah, the sugar high is wearing off, and this is the ugliest stuff that's left of that. Is there more ugly to come? There could be. This is, the, the stock market, here's, a, here's what's scaring me this morning, a really red, yellow flags. Bond yields have been coming down hard. They have been crashing. And the stock market is coming down at the same time. That, that is a signal of fear. That is a flashing red sign of fear. We don't know all the answers. Okay. Okay. So the best thing to do right now in terms of the markets is just, hey, they're, they're going to a place where you, you say maybe, I'll, you know, they, the market is, is going haywire because no one has the answers mm -hmm. right now. No one has the answers. But I want to bring up a few more answers that Charles does have. Um, did you guys know? Did you know? Did I know that the Fed is going to provide two trillion of quote unquote liquidity? And what that means is the Fed is going to loan out and just make up the Fed is making up two trillion more dollars and handing that out to the bank. So um, I used to play Monopoly um, when we were a kid. And why don't you do this as a nice airing confessional for how you I've talked do about it again. this on the show i think you should do it again okay so there will be times we play monopoly and i don't have enough money okay and i could really use those golden 500 bills so you know what i would do i'm the banker somebody's got to be the and banker you're the older sister i am the fed okay i want more money I feel like I could do way more with more money, so I would grab $500, but I felt like it wasn't fair, so I gave the $500 some... were the pink ones, the little tiny pink ones. I thought they were like one of the smaller ones, weren't they? I thought the gold ones. I don't know. The now you don't even remember how to play Monopoly. I thought the hundreds were white, and then the 500s were right. gold. The, the 500s were, were... I think they were. But they went up to like 1000 didn't they? Yeah, well, I didn't want to be greedy. Okay? You handed out extra money to you and to me. Yeah, when we were playing. Because this is what to, I felt to like. To be we honest, more. you were fair about it. To yeah. my to my knowledge. To my knowledge, too. You gave me extra and you extra right. in the game because yeah. you felt like we needed extra. I felt like I needed extra and I felt like it wasn't fair if I just took it. <laughs> so I gave you some too. I figured I could beat you at the game if I had some more and I didn't think that you could do it as wisely as me. Okay. So this is this is why the stock market rallied on Tuesday. A de facto quantitative easing program 
Um, he says QE something. I've lost track like the number Super Bowls. Exploring this. And he talked, said on Monday he's going to explore this. So, so anyway, so they're giving out an extra $2 trillion, trillion. Dollars to the entire U.S. banking system mm -hmm. so that they can then either invest or lend that money out. Yeah. Now, that is di a direct, that is going to have a direct impact on your life. How much money Liquidity was- means dilution of cash. How much money was put into the, the system- over COVID, like with the COVID relief and then the Trump bucks. A few trillion dollars, yeah. You're seeing, the inflation that you are seeing in the grocery store right mm -hmm. now is a direct result of that tr few trillion dollars. Mm -hmm. So this is a domino. It's almost like, this is what I would say. And I have to be careful what I'm saying here because we're on Facebook. I will just word it this way. And I think you guys will catch my meaning. What they did to us for three years for our health and their mm -hmm. intention and motivation and end game yeah. is exactly what they're doing here. They are trying to crash the system. Yeah, I think they're trying to keep the system no, going. I think they're trying to crash it. Um, but I think that they want to, they want to keep their game up. I just think that they, I think it's a game of juggling. No, I don't they, they know where it. this ends. This is, this is intentional. I think at this point. All right. So to be clear, the Fed is raising interest rates to slow down inflation and at the same time infusing up to two trillion in new money into the market. That is remarkable. Now, here we have what 220 billion could have paid for instead of bank bailouts. So here's the bailouts, 150 billion to SVB, 70 billion to Signature Bank, um, 24 billion student loan forgiveness. Uh, repairing school infrastructure, 85 billion, paid family leave, all these different things. Uh, two years of free community college, just 22 billion, just a good deal right there. I want to play this little clip here from the outnumbered. Everyone knows you meet the expectations levied on you. Sure. So why are we telling these children you can only rise to this level? Why are we not raising the bar? We are setting them up for failure and for mediocrity. Yeah, this is when you need the international criminal courts on this right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> They were already low in, in major mm -hmm. uh, urban areas, major democratically controlled cities and states. And, and in part because, in my, listen, in my mind, real white supremacy isn't some white guy missing teeth driving an old pickup truck with a, uh, with a Confederate flag and a bumper sticker. It's the folks in Manhattan who are very liberal, very wealthy, but in their hearts of hearts and their minds of minds don't think black people are up for the rigors or others up for Great. the rigors. And so they'll cut a check to the Fresh Air Fund or they'll vote for Obama, but they will never ever put these kids on a course to have maybe one day work for their company. Mm. Mm. So with that, New York is lowering math and reading standards. You wanna know why? They don't want you to know. They don't want people to know. They don't want you and I to know what they're doing. But they're already really low. I mean, the I standards were already ridiculous. So the, here's uh, the thing. What's going to happen is that eventually those people will get into banking uh, I'm gonna and bring they will get into finance and they won't know how to do it. Yeah. Now, stock market mentor Dan Fitzpatrick. And, you know, Dan, uh, listen, the, 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 the reason some of those uh, requirements are rolled back and, and the reason 33 Democrats in the House and 17 in the Senate voted for it was that they were too onerous on small banks because they couldn't make local loans. So, I mean, that sort of stands right. a reason. Uh, and, and, and what I'm worried about is the, 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 the focusing on spin, blaming the last guy, blaming regulators is going to miss the point in the sense of urgency in this emergency right now? How do you think they should be handling this? 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not the biggest Trump fan in the world, but at some point you got to stop blaming the last guy. And that was the point that I was going to make was that this was a bipartisan thing. So you can't look back and say, oh, they should have done this and that. It's this is a problem. It's a it's a systemic problem, but it's a systemic problem in that the people that are running the show here, uh, Powell, uh, you know, uh, yelling, they're not serious people. And so what they seem to be doing, at least in my view, is they're kind of like playing scramble golf. Um, that's like I play golf. I'm horrible. <laughs> you know, hit it off the tee into yeah. the woods, then across the fairway into the lake. Take a drop, finally right. into the sand, and you right. never get it in the hole. So they're they're really doing this the wrong way, in yeah. my view. But I don't even know what the right way is. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I'm, I'm glad you're being honest about that. By the way, that's yeah. why I play miniature golf. But um, <laughs> you know, I, but but to to that point, um, you know, in, in that article, and FT went on to say that the, you know they said the, these these uh, European regulators said they you know America they've been set to for a decade of boring meetings with American regulators who said no bailouts, no bailouts, no bailouts, and all of a sudden you know they they start to to go against everything they preached. Yeah. So now you've got the discount window open. Some people say it's not a big deal. Anytime I see a chart that spikes, it's a huge deal. Yeah, I mean it, it's it, the spike is above. The COVID crisis and the, gra 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 the, the, the financial crisis, this is a spike. Yeah. Somebody's afraid, right? Well, yeah, the, the interesting thing is, if you really look at it, the Fed's always talking about, uh, you know, reducing liquidity. That's the whole thing about interest rates. Because of this thing, the depositors are actually doing the Fed's job for them. Right. We want our damn money. And now the Fed's saying, oh, well, maybe we need to do this uh, backstop. It, it used to be called a bailout. Now it's the backstop, the it's a bank term funding program, BTFP. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think BTFP stands for? By the effing put. <laughs> hey, you know, by That's the way. By the way, people were taking money out of the banks last year, hundreds of billions of dollars. And, and, and this is the judge. That's why regulations wouldn't have mattered. They, could, they were looking for yield. Real quick, Dan, I know you had a couple of stock picks. Give us your top yeah. idea right now. In, right. Amongst you don't need stock picks. You don't, we need don't any of There's garbage. no, I'm going to tell you, no stocks. But I do want to show you guys again here. Thomas Massey says, when the debt limit is increased, Treasury is going to need over half a trillion dollars to unwind their extraordinary measures. Seems like a bit of a shock to the current system. If that money is printed like it was for COVID spending, it's going to cause more inflation. Um, and and it won't actually be printed, by the way. Right. It will just be invented zeros on a computer screen. Right. What's basically happened, this is Josh Hawley, what's happened with these special assessments to cover SVB is the Biden administration has found a way to make taxpayers pay for a bailout without having to vote on it. And then we've got Tucker here. See bank consolidation, big banks eating little banks, and that means less competition, more consolidation means more government control. So what are they going to do with that control? Well, all things being equal, if people don't start making a lot of noise and exerting an awful lot of pressure, it'll mean digital currency, a currency that politicians control. Sign up for the CBDC app to get your food stamps. You think that's not coming? Of course it's coming. They'd like it to come in any case. Now, we're not alleging a conspiracy here, but we did notice that the four biggest banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, are doing well. And we also noticed the White House appears to be, maybe we're just reading into this too much, trying to induce runs on regional banks. They seem to be trying to take away your confidence in those banks. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre, 
the White House Secretary, not someone ever accused of having an original thought, but she's a vessel for the plans of others. Here she is on Friday as SVB was collapsing. Now, she doesn't say a word about the fundamentals of the market or the security of your money in banks. Instead, she talks about the one thing that matters to her, which is the racial identity of the people in charge of our finance system. Watch. I do want to take a moment to note the historic nature of the moment that you see in front of you right now. All three of us are historic first in our roles. The first black woman to serve as CEA chair, OMB director, White House press secretary. The first black woman right in front of you for all of those three important, important key roles uh, in the administration. These people lack all self-awareness as if anyone would care. Why should we care? Is there some reason to care? And by the way, you are discrediting by your stupidity and clear incompetence anything you're promoting. You should keep that in mind. But big picture, if you wanted to make people less confident in regional banks and the banking system more broadly, if you wanted to maybe induce a run on the banks, this might be how you talk. Oh, we're all of a certain racial group. Huh? What does it have to do with whether the banks have enough cash in reserve to cover their balance sheets? So what we do know is that the Democratic Party, the Biden administration, sees this crisis as a means of expanding their control. And we know this because in a recent Zoom call with the Fed, Treasury Department, other financial regulators, with members of Congress, Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona asked whether there was a program in place to censor social media posts that could lead to a national run on banks. Now, that's according to Congressman Thomas Massey. Michael Schellenberg has a great piece on this today. Massey was on the call. So think about this for a second. You've got a deposit at a regional bank that's holding tons, way more than you know, of long-term treasuries that are worth a lot less than they were when the bank bought them. That means that bank is at risk. That means your money's at risk. But Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona doesn't want you to know about that. Why wouldn't they want you to know that? Kind of interesting. That kind of censorship could actually crush people. So we have to ask the obvious question, how close are we to some sort of disaster? And to what extent are the people in charge abetting it? All right. So before we go on a little bit more with the SVB, because this is a big story. This is a big story of today. Um, Trump, three hours ago, has posted on Facebook for the first time. He said, I'm back uh, for the first time since 2021. Oops. Trump is on Facebook. So this is an interesting step because I think that Facebook is going to be his first step into coming back to um, Twitter. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Trump can't win. And I'll just, I'll just, um, we'll screen share this so you guys can see him back on Facebook here. Trump cannot win without Twitter. Hands down, 100%. And I think that, unfortunately, for Truth Social, that this is going to have to happen. Mm -hmm. He's on the campaign trail. So here he's posting to Facebook. Facebook he, and Twitter said that because he wasn't president anymore, they could take him down. Right. But they're saying because he's president, they can't. Because he's be running for in, president. It would be an in-kind contribution to not allow him on. Exactly. And, and to allow him to speak. Right. So we shall be able to cover Trump things on Facebook once again. Which is, you know, very interesting because for the longest time, Leah and I had to tiptoe what clips we played of you Donald Trump because they were taking, him. right after uh, J4 um, plus one, 
Four plus two. I can do math. That was really bad. I, right after that date, infamous date, they pretty much said, you cannot play any clip from this man None. on our platform. No, his face can't, and he can't speak. I remember Laura Trump played an interview with him, and they made her took it down. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, but I also have something, some breaking news for you guys just right now. And I don't know how, I don't know where this is going to go, but Fox News is reporting that Trump could be arrested and handcuffed next week. Well, we are learning that the Manhattan DA's office has asked for a meeting with law enforcement ahead of a potential Trump indictment. This is coming to Fox News from a source in the courts. The meeting, which was requested yesterday and has not been set yet, is to discuss logistics for some time next week which would mean that they are anticipating an indictment next week. Same source who's familiar with the planning said they will go over security preparations in and around the courthouse in Lower Manhattan. Secret Service will take the lead in what they will allow or will not allow. The source cautioned, mentioning, for instance, that the decision to handcuff the president, a former president, or not, they will set the tone and will escort him into the courtroom. There will be coordination between all of us, the source said, but we will defer to the Secret Service. The battle will be between Secret Service and DA Alvin Bragg. They will decide how and when he'll get into the building and they are not going to leave him. The source believes that the former president will still have to be fingerprinted and processed like every other defendant. So um, this is a huge development if Alvin Bragg has decided to go ahead with a felony indictment of the former president. This was a, a charge that the federal officials refused to prosecute on or even really pursue. Uh, this was a misdemeanor in New York that Alvin Bragg has decided to elevate to a felony while at the same time downgrading other felonies to misdemeanors. So. We'll be watching this to see how it all unfolds to get more information as it comes in. Sandra? And John, uh, furthermore, for... So, yeah, they're saying that Donald Trump could be... You know, and I can see, like, a Nancy Pelosi, and I can see all of these people just so excited about the idea of seeing Donald Trump in handcuffs. Because, frankly, let's be honest here, guys. When it comes to a 2024 run for Donald Trump, optics are everything. Mm -hmm. And I mean absolutely everything. I don't care if he packs stadiums. You put this man in handcuffs and the imagery that it gives mm -hmm. will deter people, a massive amount of people right. for voting to, against voting for him. So the question will be whether they will allow it or whether they won't allow it. But I will say this, regardless of whether they put him in handcuffs or not, this right here shows that they mean that they they mean business. Well, federal prosecutors uh, refused to bring any sort of felony. That was a misdemeanor. It's from this is the Manhattan court. Yes. This this I thought this one was over. This is not Mar-a-Lago raid. This is nothing to do. But with but I like what William says. This sounds fishy. It's like raiding his home. Um, what's being done about that laptop and the proof of crime? No, and public. I really think this would backfire on the Democrats in a huge way because it was a misdemeanor that they're upgrading on purpose to go after a sitting president and somebody's running or. Yeah, <laughs> to go after uh, a pres somebody's running for president. So, you know, uh, and I like what you just said there about it backfiring because everything that they do 
tends to backfire against yeah, them. Just, like everyone's been kind of, we've been talking to friends that have Patriot groups and they're kind of lulled. They're kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, people aren't really as involved. You do something like this against mm -hmm. Trump. And I tell you what, that machine's going to fire up, you know, stronger than ever before, I think. Right. Yeah. All right. So back to the SVB. This is kind of crazy. First Republic Bank shares crash to record low on a share sale report. So for a, a few brief hours yesterday, some market participants breathed a sigh of relief as the big banks threw $30 billion of deposits to the small banks, specifically First Republic Bank, and saved the world. Uh, that, that today wrecked that dream as regional bank shares continued their recent rapid demise with First Republic Bank, another bank that's failing, it's kind of on lost life support, which had just been saved, leading the charge lower after rallying yesterday afternoon. Now, after the market has closed on a Friday evening, St. Patrick's Day, no less, New York Times reports that the bank, freshly stuffed with $30 billion of the big bank's cash, is in talks to raise money from other banks or private equity firms by issuing new shares in a desperate bid to bolster its finances. We wish them luck in their efforts as Wedbush analyst David uh, Cherovini, who lowered First Republic to neutral today, warned that it's difficult to come up with a realistic scenario where there's residual value for FRC common equity holders in an event of a sale. According to three people with knowledge of the process, the terms of the deal are unknown, but a full sale of the bank is apparently possible. First Republic bank shares are extending losses in the aftermarket. Analysts at USB said the banking stocks would truly settle only after the market feels as if there is a longer-term solution to First Republic's woes. The deposit injection is viewed as a band-aid to help the troubled bank meet short-term obligations. By comparison, raising money by issuing shares will allow the bank to strengthen the underlying business and bolster its ability to handle losses. So there's another bank that's teetering on the brink. This article says the Fed just hijacked American democracy. You know the old joke, predictions are hard, especially about the future. And it's true, nobody had a crystal ball. But it's astonishing to see how horribly wrong the people in charge can be in, in, in their predictions, especially about the very near future. You probably remember Joe Biden famously insisting in the summer of 2021 that the Taliban was highly unlikely to take over Afghanistan. Boy, did he turn out to be wrong. Only a few weeks later, the Taliban was in control of the entire country, and the world watched in utter astonishment as U.S. military helicopters evacuated embassy personnel from Cabal in one of the most shameful episodes in modern American history. And last week, I think we covered those who were who were wrong, who were killed by a terrorist attack. And they the um, one of the army, I believe, sergeants there was ha was he, he asked if he could take out this would be terrorist. And that he was he was he was told no to stand down and and. 13 Americans died. Not to be outdone, it appears the Federal Reserve had just had its own Afghanistan moment. It was only Tuesday of last week that Fed chairman testified before a committee of concerned senators who thought the Fed might be tightening monetary policy, raising interest rates too quickly. Um, it went from 0.8%, so zero, zero, it was basically 0% interest rates to about five. And this was a valid concern, rapid interest rate hikes. It never been, never, never before had they raised interest rates that high. Um, previously, interest rates would be around five, five point seven percent in like the like our in our recent memory. And imagine if they went up to ten or eleven percent. That'd be a huge hike, right? And you would expect the economy to do some crashing after that. Oh, absolutely. Okay, just to give you guys a visual of that, because most of you probably don't keep track on interest rates. So this is a valid concern. Rapid interest rate hikes do create a lot of risks. And one of those risks is that asset 
prices, especially bond prices, plummet in value. This risk is particularly problematic um, for banks because they tend to invest their customer deposits in bonds. I'm sorry. I don't know why I find this funny. In fact, now that the Fed has tightened its monetary policy, so it's really quickly, terrible of you. Banks across the U.S. have more than 600 billion in our unrealized losses on their bond portfolios. This is a pretty major problem because the 600 billion is ultimately your money, and it's not like the Fed doesn't have access to this information. After all, the Fed supervises nearly every bank in the U.S. financial system, and yet last week the Fed chairman completely rejected this risk. So. Then, three days later, one of the largest banks in the U.S. imploded, and you can give them a visual, I think, over here on the left. We, um, the, this is the size of, that's it, that's it, the size of bank failure since 2000. So Washington Mutual was $307 billion, which was the largest, Silicon Valley there, and the second largest bank failure in U.S. history at $209 billion. But they, the, the, the Fed did not see that coming. Yes, they did. Yeah. The Fed had to essentially guarantee the entire U.S. banking system in order to restore confidence. Uh, <clears throat> the mental image of bank runs in America just days after the chairman dismissed any risk is the Fed's equivalent of the Afghanistan debacle. It's shameful. But what's really concerning is the Fed's response to this panic, their de facto guarantee of the entire U.S. banking system, because ultimately they just put you on the hook for the potential bond losses of every bank in America. I'll explain. After SVB went bust, the FDIC announced that they will guarantee all deposits at that bank. We talked about that earlier. It was supposed to be 250000 um, but that assessment is wrong. Anyone who is intellectually honest and well-informed will easily understand that the FDIC is not funded by taxpayers. The FDIC is funded by charging fees to its member banks. So when the FDIC decided to guarantee every depositor at SVB, including those with balances exceeding 250000 it means they're bailing out SVB's wealthy customers at the expense of big Wall Street banks. But most people seem to have missed the real story because the actual bailout is coming from the Fed, not the FDIC. Despite the chairman's terrible prediction in front of the Senate Banking Committee last week, the Fed now seems keenly aware of the risks in the U.S. banking system. They re realize that there are lots of other banks that are sitting on massive unrealized losses. So um, previously, the safest place to put your money was in a U.S. bond. Now, those U.S. bonds have gone down in value, and so banks are trying to unload them, and they're unloading them at a loss, okay? So there's these unrealized losses because they haven't actually sold them yet, but there's nothing they can do with them. So in order to prevent these banks from going under, the Fed invented a new facility they're calling the Bank Term Funding Program, the BTFP. Brand new. Just made it up. Uh, the BTFP is really just an extraordinary lie designed to make you think the banking system is safe. Uh, they might call it believe this fiction people. Uh, whenever people borrow money from banks, we normally have to provide some sort of collateral. Banks make home equity loans using real estate as collateral. They make car loans with the car as collateral. Manufacturing businesses borrow money using factory equipment as collateral. Well, banks do the same thing when they borrow money. And sometimes banks will even borrow money from the Fed. This is actually one of the reasons why the central bank exists, as in a lender of last resort if the banks need an emergency loan. And when the banks borrow money from the Fed, they have to post collateral too. Instead of automobiles and houses, though, banks use their financial assets as collateral, specifically their bonds. This is crazy. This is where it gets crazy. This is actually codified by law, where Congress lists specific assets that the Fed can accept as collateral when making loans to banks. This is the root of the problem. Banks are in financial trouble because their bond portfolios have lost so much value. And now what they're saying is you can get a loan based on collateral 
even though at, at the at the at the going at not at the going rate, but at their value that I guess that you bought them at. So now, though the BTFP through the BTFP, the Fed will now accept bank sagging bond portfolios as, as collateral, but loan the bank more money than the bond portfolios are worth. Let's say you're an insolvent bank that invested a hundred million in bonds. These bonds are now worth eighty-five billion, and your bank is about to go under. No Wait problem. A says How the much fund. are they worth? Let's say. This How much a, did you say they borrowed? You said a hundred million. A hundred billion. Let's say they have a hundred billion in bonds. All right, there we and go. they're now worth eighty-five billion. So they've lost fifteen billion. Because you had an increase there with your okay. millions. The bank simply puts posts their bond portfolio, which is only worth eighty-five billion as collateral, and the Fed will, Fed will loan the bank the full one hundred billion, as if those losses never occurred. It's a complete lie. Everyone is pretending that the banks haven't lost any money to give you a false sense of confidence in the financial system. Believe the fiction, people. Remember that banks in the U.S. have more than $600 billion in unrealized bond losses right now. And that number will keep increasing if interest rates continue to rise. And they actually met this week to see if they were going to raise them. They said, eh, nah. Okay, because they see what happened. This isn't a bailout. It's a time bomb. You, We can keep our fingers crossed and hope this time bomb never explodes. But if it does, the Federal Reserve is going to be looking at hundreds of billions in losses. Uh, Congress didn't pass a, ball to, a, a, a bill to do this. There were no hearings, no judicial oversight, no votes. Instead, several unelected bureaucrats who had been consistently wrong got together in a room and decided to guarantee $600 billion in uh, bank losses and stick the American people with the consequences. This is the same organization that said in February of 2021 that there was no inflation. This is the same organization that said in July of 2021 that inflation was transitory and would pass in a few months. This is the same organization that said in June of 2022 that they finally understood how little we understood about inflation. The same organization that said three days before SBB's collapse that there, nothing about the data suggests any risks in their policy actions. The Fed has been wrong on every critical point. Now, if you would bring up this um pause you just said so much hang on well minute. i thought this video would explain it but go ahead okay so as leah's talking i don't want you guys to be afraid because we put our trust in god and and our best friend called either last night or the night before and kind of wanted a pep talk after all of this like okay michelle what's going on tell me where we're at on on all of this and i said listen i know as crazy as it sounds when i see this kind of stuff happening it's not that I get excited about the stuff happening. I'm very angry that they're doing this. But I see it as God taking these people down and their entire system. So I know that God is allowing these people to lose everything. My example for that is when you look in the Old Testament time and time again, there were evil the Amalekites, you name them, that would come against the children of Israel. <clears throat> and they would be in the wrong for coming against the children of Israel. And yet God was saying that he was allowing them to come against the children of Israel because the children of Israel had stepped outside of his will and they needed to be punished. And so then them coming against the children of Israel was going to make them be punished down the line. And, the, and then their doing it was going to be punishing the children of children of Israel. That is a moment where we're at right now. So I was, I was actually kind of hoping that we could get through some of my clips and some of the articles and then give a really good commentary on where we're at and where we're going off of Facebook. Uh, because right now they're afraid that there will be a, gang, a, a bank run. They are censoring any information that would say anything beyond everything is well, fine we here. we can't play that on Facebook. No, 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 no. I was going to have you play. So I'm going to play one, one more video here. 
And there's, I have a whole other side of this, the, the story here. I've got clips from Robert Kennedy Jr. on Fauci and the Patriot Act and all kinds of crazy things. You guys are not going to want to miss it. But so this last clip, I want you guys, while this clip is playing, go ahead and watch it on Facebook with me. And then all of our major commentary, the stuff that you guys are not going to want to miss, it's not going to be here on Facebook. You guys are going to need to go to Rumble. You're going to need to go to DLive, get in the chat and tell us what you think, because we're going to do we, uh, uh, like a Patriot huddle. And we're going to give you guys the nitty gritty. We're going to tell you exactly what is happening, exactly where this is going. So I've just dropped the Rumble link in the Facebook chat, um, or you can just go to rumble.com and put in And I tricks. had no idea. This is... This is, you know how, you want, you want to know how I know this is the real deal? How do you know it's the real deal? Because they're censoring the information. I know. So they know what's happening. They know the Jenga game is over. And they are censoring any, they're, they're, um, Mark Kelly, Senator Mark Kelly and the, and the Biden administration, they've made it actually, I believe that, uh, the, the CIA and the center, there's a, there's a center for digital information, misinformation that's run by the federal government. And it used to be used for COVID and it is still is okay. But now they are, they have issued, um, a memorandum that it will be for anybody spreading fake or false financial information, right? Which we know that with COVID they chose what was fake and false. So, we don't know. I don't know what they're going to deem fake or false. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play this clip here because Senator Langford from Oklahoma um, is asking Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, who speaks so slowly. My goodness, how honestly somebody called her old grandma. Get her off the get her get her get her at home to drink some tea. These people are are inept. They've been it way too long. They, they they they're inept. They're totally inept, and they bring her forward. You know why they bring her forward? Because she looks like an innocent grandma, mm -hmm. but inside she's a wicked witch from the West. And he asks her, are you going to secure everybody's deposits over $250,000? And, and she says, no, no, we're not. Go right. ahead. I don't have time. I need to be able to drill on a couple of things. Let me start with some of the banking issues we're dealing with on it. Will the deposits in every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of their size, be fully insured now? Are they fully recovered? Every bank, every community bank in Oklahoma, regardless of the size of the deposit, will they get the same treatment that SVBP just got or Signature Bank just got? A bank only gets that treatment if a majority of the FDIC board, a supermajority, a supermajority of the Fed board, and I, in consultation with the president, determine that the failure to protect uninsured depositors would create systemic risk and significant economic and financial consequences. So what is and your we plan? Made that determination. Right. right. So, so what is your banks. plan to keep large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks? We have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade. I'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say, we're not going to make you whole, but if you go to one of our preferred banks, we will make you whole at that point. Um, look, I mean, we're, that's certainly not something that we're encouraging. That is happening right now. That is happening because 
depositors are concerned about the bank failures that have happened and whether or not other banks could also um, no, it, it, fail. No, it's happening and because it's, you're fully insured no matter what the amount is if you're in a big bank. You're not fully insured if you're in a community bank. Well, you're not fully insured. And you, you big, were at signature, the, and the it, big, was, it just barely met that threshold. You were at signature. Well, we felt that there was a serious risk of contagion that could have brought down and triggered runs on many banks, um, and that something, given that our judgment is that the banking system overall is safe and sound, um, depositors should have confidence in the system and we took these actions. So there's a special assessment that's been done on community banks in my state and all banks across the country. Was there any discussion that that special assessment would only apply to the larger banks or was it always assumed the special assessment would cover every bank, including rural banks in my state? Um, I, I think I, I'm not certain what the rules are around that. Um, that that's for the FDIC to determine. It, it, it has been reported publicly that uh, SVB had a large number of Chinese investors that are there, including some that were companies directly connected to the Chinese Communist Party. It, will, will, those will those individuals, companies, entities, and investors that are Chinese investors be made whole based on assessments in my banks in Oklahoma? So what I'm asking is, will my banks in Oklahoma pay a special assessment to be able to make Chinese investors whole from Silicon Valley Bank. Uninsured investors will be made whole in that bank, and I suppose that could include foreign in, foreign depositors, but I don't believe there's any legal basis to discriminate among uninsured I get it, but I, I'm just saying my community banks are going to pay this additional fee. It, it is always fascinating to me as well, the conversation that taxpayers are being made whole in this, that taxpayers are not going to have any kind of consequence on this. I'm sure my bankers are going to be very excited to know they no longer pay taxes, uh, and their banks no longer pay taxes. Credit unions don't pay taxes. Banks do. And so they're definitely taxpayers as well, and all banks make their revenue off of rates and fees and such to their account holders, which means every Oklahoman will pay higher fees if, in their community we're, bank. We're just going to have to move on. If we have a collapse of the banking system and its economic consequences, that will have very severe effects on banks in Oklahoma I'm, that will also be threatened. I'm just worried about the long-term We are going to have to move on, on or well. we're not going to get all senators in. Senator Cortez Masta. Thank you, Mr. Did you see how she got so snippy there? We had to do this or banks in Oklahoma and Oklahomans would have suffered and blah, 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 blah. I can't even, I, I am more than angry at what they've done. SVP reportedly had an estimated 13.9 billion in unassured or unrecovered foreign deposits. And this is what we talked about on our Brighteon segment, that if you're not watching that every Friday live on Brighteon.tv, I don't know what you're doing. Um, these are deposits that are 
foreign meaning could be in by and large the chinese communist At, like party and, like chinese and crazy. on health a medical devices manufacturer confirmed in a filing to the shenzhen shenzhen stock exchange that all of its deposits at svb can be used in full and have not suffered any losses by gene one of the largest drug companies in china announced it had 175 million in unassured cash deposits at svb and pharmaceutical firm Zaya Lab maintained 23 million in deposits. Others such as Everest Medicines and Seastone Pharmaceutical assured investors SVP failure would not be affecting them. So these are about 13.9 billion uh, from foreigners that Did will be say... that will be covered by us, people from Hong Kong to Macau. Yeah. Did she say that the FDIC board, a supermajority on the board, including her and the president, her and then the president? Of the United States. Of the United States. So just for clarification, I think most people on our show know that the Federal Reserve Bank is not a government agency. Mm -hmm. The FDIC is not a government agency. It is an independent agency that was compiled by Congress. Mm -hmm. So you've got unelected non-government board nobody is elected on the fdic board members deciding deciding whether the american taxpayer is going to foot the bill for some of the biggest richest most corrupt the people yeah on the planet including these Chinese it's a corporation. companies. It's a corporation. The, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation is a United States government corporation supplying deposit insurance depositors in American commercial banks and savings banks. It was created by the Banking Act of 1933, just like the Fed is not federal, has nothing to do with our government. It's supposedly independent. You don't get to vote for Janet. Yeah, well, Treasury Secretary Biden appoints her, but you didn't get. You don't get to vote for the head of the Fed. You don't get to. She's vote like for it has to be run. a supermajority. A supermajority of what? You make it sound like these are government people when you say supermajority. Mm -hmm. It's just a bunch of suits that we don't have anything to do with. Mm -hmm. So these imagine somebody that has no relation to you or your bank account controls yeah. what happens to your money. Yeah. This is, and, and again, going back to what I said to my friend about the past three years and everything that's happening, sometimes, and this is biblical, by the way, in the Old Testament, a crime has to be committed in order for the punishment to happen. Yeah. So again, to what I was saying earlier. Yeah. They are in the wrong. God, I believe, is allowing this crime to happen so that they can be punished. But at the same time, guys, America needs the carpet pulled out from underneath of it. So look at Elon Musk here. Banks evaluating you for a $2,000 credit limit and banks evaluating their own $100 billion bond portfolio. So uh, for our this podcast listeners, it's a complete microscope cartoon. Somebody's looking at a microscope in order for you to get a $2,000 credit limit. And yet when they're evaluating a $100 billion portfolio, they're just a bunch of 
idiots. Yeah. All right. So the records, look at this. The records show that the entire U.S. banking system, the Fed and the banks and the regulators knew by 2022 that they had lost the money of many millions of depositors. And we're still on Facebook. You know that, right? Yeah. Let's say goodbye to Facebook. All right. So Facebookies, before we say goodbye to Facebookies, and I, I, like I said, click on the link, go to Rumble. We're going to, we don't do this often. As a matter of fact, the past several shows, news shows that we've done the past several weeks, we've just streamed the entire thing on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But because they are coming so hard at this, I do want to, um, in the middle, we'll just do kind of our commercial break. So reminder, at the end of today's show, we have a, a, a birthday mail call from To Be Continued. There oh, were yeah. several things that came. So we will be doing a, a mail call at the end of the show. You're not going to want to miss. Um, Patriot Gallery, her birthday is next Thursday. So if you guys want to send her a card, you can send it to the same P.O. box. Um, 107 Milford, Ohio, 45150. We, Let her know you guys appreciate her. We would not have this show without Patriot Gallery. That's 100%. A, not only because she raised us and taught us everything that we know, but she sends links. She posts all the videos. She'll stay up for hours. So like on Wednesdays, our, one of our biggest show days that we do is Wednesdays, mm -hmm. right? Because we've got the Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. We've got American Sunrise. And then we have been doing a live and just Christian FYI, Heritage Matt's Series. birthday is the 27th. It's a big birthday month. Kansas Cowboys birthday is on the 27th. It's it's our jam-packed birthday month. So, but without Patriot Gallery, she takes all those shows. She'll stay up late in the night. They, everywhere where they get uploaded, you see them. That's all Patriot Gallery. Um, so huge, huge thank you to mom. And then of course she's been doing some phenomenal blogs and I'll tell you how phenomenal they are. YouTube they were deleted off of YouTube. The, the, uh, F, uh the five, two, one that she was doing mm -hmm. that one got taken down. And then, uh, another one where she said something that I said, mom, you can't say that, but she said, it anyway, uh, that, I think that got taken too. Yeah. Um, so one more thing earlier, she had left a really good comment that I didn't get a chance to read. As a matter of fact, there was two good comments that I skipped over. She says, it sounds like a jailbreak coming. Trump helped build the system they are using against him. Maybe he will repent of that mm. and turn uh, to God so he can save Americans. And yeah. then um, our friend Sur 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 Thriving Mama earlier had a really good comment. Um, she says, they are out of their minds. I am not a, a Trump fan in any capacity, but having him arrested would be like lighting a match in a mm -hmm. house with a gas leak. Yeah, exactly. 100% very, very well said. Um, Wicked Psych says, if things really go sideways, how does gold and silver retain any value? Okay. We, we can't talk about that on Facebook. Let's, We're gonna, just, let's yeah. go ahead and switch. If you guys got those kinds of questions, if you have got those kinds of questions, I can speak properly. My mama raised me right. Jump over. I'm going to do the. I'm going to do the link one more time. Jump. Jump over to Rumble, and we are going to get into the nitty gritty of this because this is the kind of talk that you guys really come to resistance explore. And here's the beauty of the thing: we don't have a Patreon. We don't have a locals account. We don't have a. Hey, you got to spend some money to get this exclusive material. We don't have a mug club like Steven Crowder. Okay, we're just actually going to click on a link. Just click on a link. Come and follow us over to Rumble. That's all you got to do, man. It's free. It's and totally they have free. a chat now in the. And they got the live phone. chat on mobile now, so. All right, we've said goodbye to Facebook. Let's talk the pot of gold. It's, it's where the pot of gold on me head uh, to talk about the pot of gold there. Where to Listen, let me tell y'all something about what happens to gold and silver. On, so last Friday we did this show and we told you guys, dude, this bank, Silicon Valley, which already sounds like a turd to start with, is going belly up. What's going to happen? Didn't know. We had worldwide fallout. Sunday, we did our world news program. And then Sunday evening, we got the news that they were going, that the, the FDIC and the Fed decided we're going to bail out. 
they did this. They do this on weekends all the time because they don't know what the heck they're doing. They need extra time. That night, I went and bought a little tenth of an ounce. It's all I had, my little savings. Tenth of an ounce of gold. In uh, And I went to SD Bouillon. And again, we don't get kicked back for that. We're working on trying to get somebody out there that will give us a promo code for gold and silver. We don't have one yet because right now we make no money. We've sent you guys so much to, to SD Bouillon. They probably made millions on us. Okay, we don't have that many people. But um, So we send all y'all to, to SD Bouillon. I go to SD Bouillon that night. The next day, the prices skyrocket. Now, they did end up stabilizing and coming back down a little bit. But every single time you see instability in cash and in the banking market, the price of gold and silver skyrockets. Now, they artificially keep these prices at certain levels because right now, gold should realistically be $10,000 an ounce and silver should be 15 of like, you know, 15% of that. So, um, so the prices right now are artificially kept low, but at some point that will, they will not be able to control that. So right now, let's say silver is at $21, $22. In a hyperinflationary situation, everything goes kaput. The, a loaf of bread costs you $300, okay? The price of gold and silver will then follow that. Okay, so we have two things at place here. Lynette Zhang talks about wealth preservation when it comes to gold and silver. Because unlike other things, when the markets and the dollar skyrocket, this should and will always retain its its proper value. Now, Michelle, what you just said, it's not retaining its proper value right now. You're saying it should be, you know, gold should be $10,000 and this should be 15, you know, percent of that. That is an artificial thing that they cannot maintain forever. At some point, they will lose control of this dragon that they've had on a, cha on a chain. And that is the price of silver and gold going to their real value, right? Right now. So wealth preservation is in gold and silver. That is the one thing that you can always count on that it will retain its value when everything goes kaput, the question that I get asked a lot, a lot, I think I even got asked this week. So how, what happens to gold and silver in a situation like this? How do we use it? Well, let's take Venezuela for an example. They actually have some gold mines down there in Venezuela. So what they've been doing is mining their own gold, creating their own currency and using it to spend. This is one of the reasons why Leah and I like junk silver. I bought that tenth of an ounce of gold because I went on SD Bouillon to get junk silver and they were completely sold out. I've never seen that before. You know who still has some? Cool. ITM Trading, Lynette Zhang. So that's awesome. So go to ITM Trading, get some junk silver. Because in a barter society where no one has faith in the paper dollar anymore, they will still have faith in the American monetary system of coins. Well, here's the thing, because they're coined, they're minted, so you know so that you a, a know certain they are has what they a certain are. level of silver in it. You exactly. Are, you know, so it's, it's, it's already ingrained in the system. We don't, right. they are going nuts on that camera. You don't have to wonder. So that's the beauty of junk silver. So most of us that analyze these things, that dig into it, that watch the history or listen to those that we count as professionals are saying, if everything goes kaput, what will become one of the biggest 
ways of transferring wealth or or trading or buying and selling, it will go back to mm-hmm. junk silver by and large. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of the things that we're looking at. Um, see there, do you see them, them jumping up there? I do. One got up on the second level and now the, all of the other ones want to get up there. I'm going to get down and I'm going to move the camera so they can see this. You're going to have to watch it, Leah, and see okay. if I can, if I can capture. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. They left. Wait, can you see it? Oh, yep. I saw her. Yeah. There's a second level there, and all of the chicks saw that one was up there, and it's Chicky C, Chicky Do. All right. Can we get, can we go to this? We can. Who gets stuck with the loss? Okay. So I want you guys to be looking at this. um, What do you call that? A chart. It's, It's a chart. So this is, there's a big loss here. What is this? What are the, what is this loss? The record shows that the entire U.S. banking system, the Fed, the banks, and the bank regulators knew by 2022 that they had lost the money of many millions of depositors. We just talked about that with the bonds. Banks tried hiding the losses via holding to maturity accounting tricks, should be called high to maturity, and regulators allowed them to bury the fact of their literal insolvency in the footnotes. But this just deferred the judgment for a bit. In a sense, the entire bill for many years of printing was coming due all at once. Hundreds of billions of dollars in losses for the central bank, the commercial banks, all of it had to be imposed on someone. But who? Who would be both saddled with billions of losses and blamed for billions of losses? Well, who's the outgroup to the U.S. establishment? The tech community. We're largely immigrants. We're not historically political. You hate us. We know that. So you came up with a fiction that some H-1B programmers are responsible for uh, diligencing their employer's bank statements, but poor old Jerome Powell is responsible for nothing at all. Unfortunately for you, the record shows that the Fed and the FDIC knew that hundreds of banks across the country were insolvent and they didn't notify their depositors. Still, time to send a push notification telling them that the U.S. banking system lost their money. Though, of course, you're you're going to print it instead with the BTFP. Hope that works for you. And I want to go ahead and... um, There's three. There were three up there. Yeah. Hang. Okay. So, all right. I think that that is it. So, as a general rule, when you're trying to defraud someone, you typically don't rush to make them whole after defrauding them. Um, Somebody said so. Anyways, this is this is kind of where we're at, and I want to go ahead and play this video here by uh, Friedberg explains how the banking crisis is a second or third order consequence of the government's COVID nineteen lockdown. I gotta read this comment though; this is really good. Biffmo says, "Can we change their my body, my choice to my money, my bank? My money, my bank, my bank, my money. <laughs> That's what you should say, definitely. My bank, my money, my money, my bank. There All right." Go. There's lots of chicks in front of the cam there. They're so cute. I don't know what we're going to do when there's no chick Remember when we started this podcast three years ago? We were like, they're going to shut down the economy. There's going to be crazy second and third order effects of doing that. No one knows what they're going to be. Here they are. And I think that's like the root of what is a rippling effect. You can't shut down the global economy and stop trade and stop people and have the government step in to write a giant check and not expect that you're going to have to cash that check at some point. That's effectively what I think we've been kicking down the the road here. 
the way we initially tried to resolve the problem was to drop rates to zero and then spend our way you know back to a growing supported economy and then overshot ended up with you know too much stimulation too much stimulus too lower rates for too long responded too quickly whiplashed back at the end of the day there was a giant gaping hole blown into the global economy when we shut down the world from COVID. There's no blame. It's just what happened. And when that happened, There's there was blame. a massive cost that had to be borne at some point. And it's going to get borne at some point. And the rippling in a pond, you don't know where the ripple is going to hit, what part of the pond, what leaves it's going to hit. That's what's going on still. Wow. The ripple in the pond, that is what is going on still. Guys, and I love what he says. At the end of the day, there was a giant gaping hole blown into the global economy when uh, we shut down the world for COVID. And we never bounced back from that. We, we never came back from that. We never recovered from that. And so here we sit with that. It's kind of like you, when you watch these movies and you see these people that get beaten down, they fall from a truck and they get ran over by a, um, you know, a cement truck or something. And then they, just a million things happen to them. They break an arm, they break a leg. And you wonder like, how are they still alive? How are they still surviving? It's, that's called make-believe. In reality, when these kinds of things happen, you break an arm and you break a leg, it's, you have to recover from that before you can withstand, like, getting shot in the gut. Mm. Okay? So we have not recovered from anything yet, and now we've just been shot in the gut. All right. Speaking of shot in the gut, let's go over here to, um, <laughs> no, no kidding. Um, I want to go ahead and move a little bit over to um, RFK, some of his clips. But before I do, would you play this? Um, I, have a, I have a couple throwback clips. Would you play this clip from the Federal Reserve here? Um, I'm trying to find it this way. Nope. All right. So there's an infinite number of money of cash at the Federal Reserve, infinite. And this is what I've been saying. Your ATM is safe, your banks are safe, there's enough cash in the financial system, and there is an infinite amount of cash at the Federal Reserve, an infinite amount of cash at the Federal Reserve. An infinite amount of cash at the Federal Reserve. All right, That's so now it. that is what I said earlier in the show. Take heed, listen to what Michelle said. I pointed out that they know that they can print their way out of any debt. But yeah. what happens is, is it degrades the value of the dollar and society collapses. All right. So but the rich keep getting here richer, is a throwback to George Bush who says, I had, remember in 2008, when the, when, when everything went kaput in 2008, he said, I had to abandon free market capitalism and basically take over. And we are already Venezuela. Exactly. I, I've made it clear I'm, I'm concerned about two things. One, the financial markets are such that a disorganized bankruptcy could create enormous economic difficulties, further economic difficulties. And, you know, I, I, I feel a sense of obligation to my successor to make sure there is not a, you know, a huge economic uh, crisis look we're in a crisis now I mean this is a, we're in a huge recession but I don't want to make it even worse and and but on the other hand I'm mindful of not putting good money after bad so we're working through some 
options. So it sounds like you need some assurances from the auto industry to give them well, we're just, some sort of assistance. Right, we're just working on options. What you don't want to do is spend a lot of taxpayers' money and then have the same old stuff happen again and again and again. And you're, you're now, uh, no, you can't get it out of the existing money, that $25 billion stash, and probably will have to take it out of elsewhere. We're looking at all options. Okay. All how, options. When, and so how soon, do you think? Well, you close? Uh, we, you know, we're told that, uh, that the automobiles are, you know, teetering here or teetering there, and obviously taking in their concerns and taking in the concerns of, um, of all the stakeholders, and we'll try to get this done in an expeditious way. But you can't be the president that oversees the collapse of the auto industry in the U.S. Well, I, what I am, I am obviously have made a decision to make sure the economy doesn't collapse. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. And I think when people review what's taken place in the last six months uh, and put it all in one, in one, you know. In one package, they'll, they'll, they'll realize how significantly we have moved. And um, I'm so sorry we're having to do it. I'm not real happy about the fact that there have been excesses in the financial markets which are affecting hardworking people and affecting their retirement accounts. Having said that, I'm very confident that, that with time, the economy will come out and grow and people's wealth will return. So he had to abandon free market principles to save free market capitalism, the system. The system. Save the system. You save the system at all costs. Save the system at all costs. Save the system at all costs. And a lot of people lost a lot. And our grandma died that year and lost every, well, half of everything. And it was, it, it was just, it, uh, we got to see it firsthand. I know it was mm -hmm. God because honestly, you know, we're talking, you know, a couple, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars that went missing, gone, kaput. And some people who stayed in the market, it went up if you were still alive for 10 years. But what if you weren't alive like grandma and you just died? Mm -hmm. It's over. Gone. Yeah. It's just all gone. And this interviewer back then was so retarded. Oh, my gosh. You can't be the president to, to see the, over, the, the collapse of the American auto industry. Like, for real, people are going to make cars again. Oh, my gosh. No one would ever drive another car ever again. Right. That's where they were going with this. That's why they had to, GM and Ford were too all big of to it, fail. All of it was propaganda. Like that video, yeah, that, that interview it. was propaganda. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing it again, which is why they cannot allow us to bring the truth to you guys. Mm -hmm. Because it messes with their, and, and here's the here's the bottom line. COVID is just killing people, right? Yeah. The vaccine killing people, remdesivir killing people. Eh, but don't mess with these people with money pockets, right? Like they... This is where the rubber meets the road because I believe yeah. that the true, this is a, a prophetic word, the true unveiling of the man behind the curtain for all of those that are straggling, those are of your family members that were, you know, just on the, you know, with they bought into the COVID mess and they bought into all of that. It did not affect their bottom line mm -hmm. because people who lost their jobs because of COVID did not vote for Joe yeah. Biden. Yeah. Okay? So, and and they and they did not insist that that you had to get the vaccine. They did not insist that that all the, the narrative that you're being fed was real. Because when it hits your pocketbook, that's when you really wake up. So I believe very very soon when this happens, 
a lot more people are going to wake up and they will come back and they will apologize to you for what happened over COVID based on what they see happen to their money. Because if you open right. up your bank account and you've got your four. 401k and you're set and you've got your big dreams for you're going to retire and you've got let's let's say $750,000 sitting there and that's gone yeah you wake up real fast all right before we get to rfk uh minnesota nuclear plant admits to 400,000 gallons of a, a leak of radioactive water minnesotans are uh, wondering why state regulators waited months to inform the public that hundreds of thousands of gallons of radioactive water were leaked from Excel Energy's Monticello nuclear plant. Minnesota's Department of Health released a statement Thursday about Excel's efforts to clean up 400,000 gallons of water containing uh, tritium at, that leaked from a water pipe running between two buildings at its plant. Excel first reported the leak to the Minnesota duty officer and the Nuclear Regulatory Commission in November, but the spill was only made public this week. The leak was stopped, and the company is monitoring the groundwater plume through two dozen wells. An estimated 20% of the tritium has been recovered through extraction wells, and contaminated water continues to be pumped from the groundwater. Local officials said the leak poses no health uh, or safety risks to the local community oh, or environment. Oh, of course, of course. Again, with the narratives that we're supposed to believe. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of narratives that you are supposed to believe. I want to play, we played two clips from Jimmy Dore and JFK, and I want to play you this one on Anthrax. That was RFK. RFK. That was mailed to the two senators trying to block the Patriot Act in 2001. Listen Presidential to this. candidates, whether it's Obama or President Trump or Biden, I'm into office saying I'm going to get rid of the swamp. I'm going to get rid of the corruption. But then they get in there. So, well, it's hard because his bookcases all look the same. Sorry. Yeah. That's no, okay. The, um, the, the Pentagon, the Patriot Act was passed. You know, the anthrax was sent to the two guys who were blocking the Patriot Act, Patrick Leahy and, um, and by the way, the anthrax, FBI found after the anthrax was used by the neocons to and the CIA to get us into Iraq. You know, the, George Tenet, the head of the CIA, said, told George Bush it's a slam dunk. He has, you know, these weapons of mass destruction. George W. Bush said the worst mistake that he made in the presidency was believing the head of the CIA. They wanted to go to war. And we went to war because of that anthrax attack, because obviously Saddam had nothing to do with 9-11. But a week after 9-11, they sent the anthrax. Now, the anthrax, they sent it to the two guys who were blocking the Patriot Act. So they, they took the Patriot Act off the shelf, 350 pages, on 9-11 and said, we got to pass this. If you're a Patriot, you got to vote for it. Nobody read it. The two guys who were trying to block it get the anthrax. It shuts down Congress. Two days later, they pass the, basically by acclamation, they pass the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act had in it not only all of these assaults on, you know, the Constitution, but it also had a section that said um, the Geneva Convention and the Bioweapons Charter are still in effect, but no federal official can be prosecuted for violating them. Oh, it reopened the bioweapons arm race that had been shut down in, by Nixon in 1969 when he ordered all bioweapons destroyed and Fort Detrick closed. Now, the FBI 
investigated where this came from, but it took them by the time they figured it out, we had already passed the Patriot Act and we were in war, an $8 trillion war in Iraq that the neocons and the CIA wanted. What did the FBI say? The FBI said that the anthrax was Ames anthrax and the only place it could have come from was the CIA lab in Fort Detrick. And so um, it's, it's clear that that somebody associated with the Pentagon or the CIA had something to do with that anthrax because nobody had had access to it except those groups. Mm, somebody associated with the Pentagon had had they were the ones who were telling those senators don't oppose this Patriot Act, and they were scaring them. So Absolutely scaring them. We see this time and again, and, and the fallout of the Patriot Act, really, if you think about it, because those of us that lived through it, it's hard for anybody that didn't live through it to see it this way. But the government surveillance state on American citizens did not exist openly and blatantly until the Patriot Act was passed, and we handed over all of our rights with a smile on our faces, it was it was nonpartisan issue. The left and the right all voted to pass it. And this is, again, in keeping with what we're talking about, where they wanted a worldwide vaccine. Well, they needed this nationwide permission slip to spy on Americans. Yeah, they needed this nationwide permission slip. That's a really good point, to spy on Americans. Um, but also... In addition to that, I'm going to bring up a, oh, shoot, that's not what I want to do. So. The other one with the, him is all the way on the, the end. La the, I think here, no, 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 no. It's got, I've got to try to find the one with, uh, the oh, the whole thread. I'm going to have to find the whole thread. So, Bush helped fund Fauci and Fauci was as we played in our last uh, segment on the Brideon show Fauci was funding bioweapons and bioterrorism basically um, all the way back in 2002 now this is the clip I want to play here um, from 2000 by 2003 the Bush administration was requesting two billion in the annual budget for biodefense and George Bush announced in the State of the Union address an additional $6 billion for Project BioShield. Wow. Da, da, da. It's all tied together. Everything mm. is related. I ask you tonight to add to our future security with a major research and production effort to guard our people against bioterrorism called Project BioShield. The budget I send you will propose almost $6 billion to quickly make available effective vaccines and treatments against agents like anthrax, botulinum toxin, Ebola, and plague. We must assume that our enemies would use these diseases as weapons, and we must act before the dangers are upon us. And everybody clapped. Bipartisan okay? support for this Bio was Shield. to fund Fauci. The
The Bush administration had asked for $2 billion for the current fiscal year, more than the combined research budgets proposed to fight breast and lung cancer, stroke, and tuberculosis. The funds have yet, and this was before, and this was written by the New Los Angeles Times, approved by Congress even though the fiscal year began in October 1st. The money would fund several new high-security labs at universities and government agencies to work on vaccines and treatments for biowarfare agents. Additionally, Bush announced in his State of the Union that he will will propose spending $6 billion to develop and stockpiling biodefense vaccines over 10 years. Such Some critics question the wisdom of so rapid a buildup. If a military lab has had problems, they say civilian labs, nearly all inexperienced with exotic pathogens, might generate more security concerns than they solve. And we know that from archived versions of NIH's biodefense website, Dr. Fauci details how the Patriot Act, Act placed him on top of the nation's biodefense infrastructure. Homeland Security is a multifaceted endeavor of which biodefense is a critical component. Our nation's ability to detect and counter bioterrorism, blah, blah, blah. And you recognize that this money really went in, I am convinced, into creating what we um, have seen, what we have been through the past two years. They, th these are the carefully laid plans that yeah. are laid and founded. And so it kind of goes back to, it feels like not that 9-11 was really just a distraction and a cover-up. So 9-11 brings in Fauci and this bio-warfare, this bio-defense act, and then um, three viruses get out under Obama in 2014. Fauci shut down this biodefense thing, goes over to Wuhan, and then they start working on things. And they create this. Fauci said Trump will face an outbreak in his presidency. They were planning on this. This was event 201. They were doing this and it goes all the way back to the CIA and George Bush Sr. and his dad and Dr. Merritt talked about the bloodlines and blah, blah, blah. These people are led by Satan. This has been their plan. Now we are awake. Now we can do something about it. What do we do about it? We expose them because cockroaches flee when they, the light shines on them. And right now we are shining a big spotlight on them and and uh, there's a big spotlight here in play. Dollars funded the gain of function research that created this virus. I think it did not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. I'm out of time. Thank you. Okay, much. so there's two things I want to ask. First of all, what uh, if that's true, then didn't the United States government under the tutelage of Fauci under his direction, didn't they created this pandemic then that killed millions of people? Aren't they now mass murderers? Am I wrong about this? What am I missing? Yeah, and what he said, what I, I like what Redfield said because he's right on that it was, you know, Fauci, um, really, Fauci uh, funded the study that, uh, that taught the Chinese or military scientists everything in China is dual use. And that, that lab is a military lab. And he taught them cutting-edge technology for building weapons of mass destruction. Not only did he teach them that, but in other words, the, the study for how to create the clones and then how to take and how to uh, create a spike protein that it could attach to the human lung and transplant it onto a coronavirus. He also funded through Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina, 
a technique called the seamless legation technique, which is a technique for hiding human tampering on that virus after you've done it. Because normally that virus, anybody can look at that virus and say that was made in a lab. Barrick, Fauci funded Barrick, he gave him $212 million. And Barrick developed a technique for hiding the human tampering. He calls it the no seam technique, it, also known as seamless legation. He taught that to Xi Zheng Li, the Chinese bat lady. So, and there's, you know, Fauci said, well, we were doing this for vaccine development and countermeasures. There is no justification in the world for funding somebody to create seamless legation, a no seam hide it, you know, that uh, has any medical benefit whatsoever. In fact, it's the opposite, it's the inverse of what you would do if your interest was public health. If your interest was bioweapons creation and he was the czar of bioweapons since 2002, that's what you would do. But why did he teach it to the Chinese? Um, and more importantly, why? Was he, as Redfield just pointed out, why was USAID, USAID gave 10 times what Fauci gave. The Department of Defense was there. Why were they in that Wuhan lab teaching those Chinese scientists how to build weapons of mass destruction? Um, and then the CIA, which, you know, the USAID is a, a, a CIA front group. EcoHealth Alliance is a CIA front group. Why was the CIA, the CIA modeled this, this outbreak in 2019 two times? The second time at Event 201, and who was at Event 201? Avril Haines co-hosted it with Bill Gates. And the head of this Chinese CDC, George Gao, is there. George, the, the virus was already circulating in Wuhan at that time. Nobody knew it, but George Gao had to know it. He's the head of the Chinese CDC and the Chinese number one expert on coronavirus. He comes to New York in October of 2019 and sits down with Abel Haynes, the former deputy director of the CIA, today the director of national intelligence, the top spy in our country, and, and says, and they do a, a four-part simulation and the fourth part is how do we hide it and anybody can go on youtube right now and i can't believe they left it up there you can go on there look at event 201 and look at simulation number four and they're talking about george gale and avril haynes are talking about how do we how do we get people to censor the social media if they start saying this is from a lab leak this is before anybody ever heard of coronavirus wow of that's October uh, 2019. Now, when we know from the Vanity Fair article that the intelligence aid, when Mike Pompeo, who is the Secretary of State, tells the state, like five State Department branches, find out where this came from. Did it come from the Wuhan lab? Those guys go over and they say, holy cow, they had all this technology that we were teaching them and they were using humanized mice to see if they could create a pandemic with coronavirus. And we gave them, Ralph Eric gave them the humanized mice. And they were saying, you know, they, they had a meeting to figure out how to deal with this. The intelligence agencies came to that meeting and told them, shut it down. This investigation is over. So the State Department investigation, they just shut down 
in March of 2020. And then that gets out and Congress puts pressure on Biden. And Biden says, okay, I'm gonna order the intelligence agencies to do an investigation to find out if it came from the Wuhan lab. Who does he put in touch, charge of that? Avril Haynes, the woman who in October of 2019 was modeling how do we hide it if it came from the, you know, if we it came from, uh, if it's a lab leak. Meanwhile, we now know from the Twitter page, papers that the CIA was working with Twitter that had a portal through the FBI portal on Twitter where they were censoring information, that kind of information. So the CIA's, you know, was not only funding that, that technology and was probably responsible for it, the infection, the contagion, but they also have been surreptitiously running the cover up from day one. It's not just Fauci. It's bigger than Fauci. It's not just Fauci. It's bigger than Fauci. It's not just Fauci. It's bigger than Fauci. And that is so true. The NIH, when you look at event 201, um, thank God Robert Kennedy Jr. is on this and he's talking about this. This isn't make believe. This isn't um, like a, this isn't a bedtime story, even though it'd be pretty scary for kids. Yeah, this is our life right now. And we are we have to begin to speak this out and tell the truth. Uh, looking at Dr. Anthony Fauci's compensation, um, just to remind you guys, Fauci is the highest paid member of the federal government out earning the president four-star generals, senators, Supreme Court justices, his salary doubled that of his own boss, NIH Director Francis Collin. Uh, Fauci's giant pay packet can be traced back to 2004, the year after NIAID was made the country's top biodefense authority agency. He went from making $200,000 in 2004 to $434,000 in 2020. Now, it was supposed to so have that up or do I need to find it? Um, that is like in that thread. So you can I find that. I just closed that. it. Um, it's okay. It's okay. I already closed it out. Yeah. So that's it. Um, so here we have this guy making four hundred, like four hundred thirty-four thousand dollars, and they say it's because he is taking on so much responsibility. What is the responsibility he's taking on? Exactly. He's taking That's what's on. Terrifying. They were they were compensating him for running. Well, he no, you know he's got that mobster accent. Yeah. He's literally running the racket. That's what I was gonna say. They had you have to pay people off if you're gonna have them become the criminal of your nation. Yeah. Right which is essentially what he is, that costs you a lot of money. Yeah. People aren't just going to do that for nothing. Yeah. You know, and he's, exactly. and, and it, what's interesting is that they're not even doing this like under the table. Right. They're doing it right in front of your face. Right. Exactly. In addition to all of these drugs that he has developed, mm -hmm. he's making royalties on them. Yeah. So that's to me the terrifying part of it all. Yeah. So that's pretty much the show that we've got for you today. Holly would ra rather us just kind of stop for now, huh, Holly? Yeah. She's like, could you just pay with me? Can you just go outside and now, pay with me? Now, but what we didn't do is we really didn't break it, break it down, down the way that I, I really want to. Because I want you guys to understand. Um, and Leah, if you have to take her upstairs or outside, that's fine. Um, I, I want you guys to understand something. All of these things that are happening, if you're tuning in and you should be tuning into, you're going to have to just take her someplace. 
because I'm not going to be able to get my thought process out. Party. You can take okay. her upstairs and you she can. She might need to go. So she might need to go. First. Let's check um, first. If you guys are tuning into our Revelation Red Pill Wednesday series, the reason why we're doing that series is to show you. Oh, are you serious? Look at she unplugged the chicks, guys. Well, the dog has oh my! She, actually, the dog's been fine. She's been going back and forth the whole time. To show you guys that we have all the power and authority that we need to shut this stuff down. There is no reason whatsoever that we, as the body of Christ, are not controlling. The narrative, not just the narrative, but what is actually happening. So when you understand what we call victorious eschatology or the authority that we have right now, you're not afraid of what comes. You know, I was reading in Proverbs 31 today because I was writing my mom her birthday. We do birthday weeks. So we do a card every day on somebody's birthday week. So I was getting some scriptures from Proverbs 31. And it says that she doesn't fear the cold because her her children are clothed in scarlet. You don't have to fear these things that happen when you know who you are in Christ and you understand that we outnumber these people. Christianity is the biggest religious demographic and probably demographic in the world. I mean, we're everywhere. All we have to do is stand up and do what God's what God has given us the power and the authority to do. So when it comes to the collapse at Silicon Valley Bank or rising interest rates or inflation, or should I buy gold and silver, you know, prepping and all of these things. And it can all seem very confusing and very terrifying. Like it looks like, okay, Michelle, you're saying that everything is about to collapse. It's all going to go down. And it, re it really is all going to go down. Who is going to rise up out of this? Who's going to be the, the head and not the tail? Well, we are. The body of Christ is going to. This is a flip in the evil that we have seen over the past, I would say, 150 years, give or take, but especially since the inception of the Federal Reserve in 1913, the evil that we've seen rising and kind of taking the narrative and taking control of our nation and taking our children and all of this. Joel Salatin said something amazing, and he says, we're going to look back on the last 100 years as a blip in history because it's a time where the body of Christ abdicated and released their authority. And now, amazingly, you and I get to be a part of the generation that goes, uh-uh, no, you don't. That's one of my favorite things. I've been saying my uncle started it. He talks to the dogs. They go to do something. And his biggest thing, it's not no. It's no, you don't. So I started saying, no, you don't. You look at the devil. You look at what's happening. No, you don't. No, you don't. I'll just start randomly saying it. And I'm talking to the devil. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Okay, look at this cute chick butt right there in the camera. I, the podcasters are totally missing out on everything. Um, we are taking everything back. You know, Corey Gray, that's on our Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays often with us. You should be subscribing to his Rumble channel, The Kingdom Roundtable. Just Kingdom Roundtable, The Kingdom Roundtable. Every Monday, they're doing a show talking about the same things that we're talking about on Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. And he has taken the kingdom narrative to a whole nother level. He's got kingdom business. He's got the kingdom mind. I mean, he is, he's a lot like my mom. He says stuff that you just, it's like, Corey, you can't say that. Well, why not? Yes, I can. I just did. 
that kind of attitude. We are children of the most high God. Get out my way and no, you don't. That's the statement that we need to take into all of this. So I'm really excited to see stuff actually moving. We've been kind of praying for this for a long time. And yes, it's not, it's not looking so great for the bad, evil people. And it's not looking so great for some of the mediocre people who have been given warnings. Y'all have tried to talk to them and they're not listening. But all of you that are listening, we're about, revival is spreading. I don't, I'm not saying it's about to spread. It is spreading. You know, I shared an article this week on Facebook and, and a couple other places that Michael W. Smith, he was a Christian artist when we were, he was the biggest next to Amy Grant, Christian artist. It was, it was Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, and Stephen Curtis Chapman. Everybody else was a second to them when we were listening to Christian music. He's still on tour. He's still singing. He was in Vietnam this week and he was blown away. I think it was this week. He was blown away at the revival that the Vietnamese people brought. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 300 churches gathered together to put on this event and he felt, physically felt the power of God. And he said, I'm just looking at everything that's happening. And he referenced the Jesus Revolution movie. He referenced The Chosen, the Asbury, Asbury Revivals. Revival. Guys, open your eyes. I Again, I get this all the time. But Michelle, things are getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Are they really? Are they really? 200,000 salvations around the world every single day. 30,000 salvations happening in China minimum that we know of every single day. The only place where it seems like things are getting worse and worse and worse is where modern end times theory is taught. And that's in the United States and other Western nations where it's the give up attitude. We lose, the devil comes back and it has to get worse and worse and worse. And then we get raptured out of here. So don't try to change anything because if you do, then you'll stop prophecy. Mm. Yeah, no, that's so good. And here's the thing, guys, we want the system to fall. Yes. We want the banking system, these cartels, they are cartels. They're funding the military industrial complex. They're funding the they takeover of our mind. They're the funding, they're funding, they are so cute. They're funding um, the public school system. They're funding even all of this, whether it's sex trafficking or drug trafficking or the the uh, the warmongers, all of this is funded through the Federal Reserve System. The, and the Federal Reserve System has their little cronies, which are the local, which are banks, the bigger banks and the local banks. The whole system is corrupt. And so you need to be praying. Oh my gosh, what about my 401k? Uh, what about my IRA? What about this? What about that? You should be praying and asking God where you can put your money, where you can put your things. ITM trading, you can actually call them. If you've got an IRA, if you've got a retirement account, they can help you switch it over to something that you do own. And guys, if you've been watching Resistance Chicks and you haven't done that already, then you need to do that because guess what? God is going to bring the system down. He has been patient with us. He's given us plenty of signs. 2008, you could have done it. Now you can do it. Listen, all of this is all like a, a linear thing starting, you know, well, back in 1913. But the prayers of the saints are reaching to come heaven. On, come on. And we are going to see this come, come down. I particularly have made it part of my prayers at night. God and right before this bank f fell, I made it a, a specific 
thing in my my prayers in the evening. Lord, bring the system, the financial system down. Yeah. Lord, bring it down. They are corrupt. They are causing corruption. So they it's are, your fault. They, they are, well, I, I've obviously need to ramp it up a little bit because <laughs> it's still going on. Oh, so no, 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 no. This bailout is the end. That this system falls and it fails. It is Babylon. It's a Babylonian type system. It is a system based upon satanic principles, satanic cults. They they abuse people. They lie to people. They murder. They cheat all through this Federal Reserve System. If you bring this Federal Reserve System down, many of much of most of the evil that we see in the United States cease to exist. What you don't know is that the Federal Reserve System, the the reason the upper white, upper middle class white families are transitioning their kids is because they're daggone bored. Okay, they want another thing. They're spiritually when your kids are working on a farm. Okay, and they get up and they take care of animals and they see that when a, a, a boar gets with a sow and then beautiful piglets come from that. And when they see when the bull is let in with the cows yeah. and baby cows come from that, no more gender confusion comes for that child. And right. especially when you pull them from the system. Right. This, listen, this is the whole system. Everything. Here's the thing. We can do our whole new show on all the problems. But it all stems from one thing. Oh, Leah, what about this? What about this? What about this? Right now in America, I'm not saying in historically, okay? I'm saying that right now in America, we had other problems prior to 1913, okay? But the creation of the banks, the creation of the Federal Reserve System started the ballooning of the problems that we've had in the past 100 years get because worse and worse and worse. None of the wars could have existed without it. None. All Zero. those people, all those people that were killed in in World War 1, especially World War 2, all the military industrial conflict co- uh, conflicts, um what you see in in Ukraine and Russia, none of that would have happened. You don't have death on the scale that we have without the Federal Reserve funding all these different organizations. And you don't print two trillion dollars out of thin air without the federal reserve now leah people starved during the the stock market uh crash and they had different problems well i've got a book that my friend Catherine gave me that i have been reading but the federal was no but the stock market happened after 1913 the creation of the federal reserve i know um what are you looking for where the book was we had any i read everything but money so um the people were industrious after the fall after the stock market fell and actually, there's a book about that we had everything but money. People loved each other. They took care of each other. Um, it it was a different time where people became industrious. And um, you didn't have all the food regulations that we have today. And so we need to unwind some of these things. And so if you pray with me, you say, God, God, take out this system and protect me and my family. Amen. Okay. You need to repent of being part of the system. You need to turn and ask God to forgive you for how you have been a part of upholding the system. Yeah. Okay. And then God can protect you when he goes to punish those. And this goes completely with our revelation red pill because Jesus died in AD 30 around there, AD 30, AD 33. And he gave a generation a chance to repent. And then he was going to unleash the wrath, the wrath of God. God on Jerusalem and punished those who broke the covenant, punished those who killed Christ 
And but he gave him a time, and the disciples went around, turn and repent, turn and repent, turn and repent, turn For and repent. the kingdom of God is at hand, judgment is coming. And so the Christians who turn and repent, when Jerusalem was surrounded by armies, they fled to a town called Pella, and they were safe and they were secure, and the Christians were 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 held safe during judgment. Okay, we. God is going to bring another judgment. It's the end times. No, it's another form of God's judgment on the people because it says in Revelation, the prayers of the saints reached heaven. Okay. When our prayers reach heaven and there's a kind of an overflowing of our prayers, then God can bring justice and judgment. When we have turned, when we have repented of our own sins, then God can begin to punish those who are oppressing us. But until we turn and repent for doing some of the same things that they're doing or enjoying, uh, God can't punish slavery until we turn and repent from slavery. Boom. Okay. And so when it comes to all the different things, whether it's abortion or the gender stuff, we have to turn and repent from being part of their system, from sucking off the teat of the Federal Reserve rottenness, okay, and taking advantage of the rest of the world, all right? And that's what we've done. And so when we turn and repent and we say, God, David did a thing. He took Bathsheba uh -oh. when he shouldn't have. No. And she got conceived. And the child got sick. Mm-hmm. And the child died. Yep. And Samuel came to David and said, you have three choices because God's going to punish you for this. Not only the child's death, but that was... Right. And I forget what the three punishment, the other two were, but the last one was that the wrath of God would come on, on you for a certain amount of time. Three days. Three days. And, and David said... I not just you, but the whole people actually. Yeah, the, not you, but the whole people exactly. It was it was a punishment on the people because of David's sin. And David, um, well, let me just bring that up. David's uh, sin punishments, so that you Choices. guys punish, punish options <laughs> options exactly. All right, so I think Second um, Samuel thirteen. It's got to be there. No, oh, that's not there. Here, oh, David there chooses punishment. All right. First Chronicles 21. All right. So David responded to God, I've sinned greatly by behaving this way. Now I'm asking. Oh, I think it was the sin of the. Um, it was actually the punishment for um, the census, wasn't it? Oh, you might be right about that. So we're conflating two different. You're conflating two different stories here. Yeah, so Satan attacked Israel by inciting David to enumerate right. the census of Israel. David ordered Job and the commanders in the army, go and take a census of Israel. And Job said, may the Lord increase the population of his people. Um, but so, but why does your majesty want to do this? Well, the king's order overruled Joab. So Joab left and he went and he found out there were um, 1,100,000 men trained for war. In Judah, there were 470,000 men trained for war. And that was at God, a time where Judah and Israel were separate. God considered this behavior to be to be evil, so he attacked Israel. David responded to God, I have sinned greatly by behaving this way. But now I'm asking you, please remove the guilt of your servant, since I have acted very foolishly. And the Lord responded through Gad, actually, David's seer. Go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I'm holding you three choices for you to pick. Pick one of them for yourself, and I will do it. Gad went to David and said, make a choice for yourself. Either three years of famine... 
or uh, three months of reversals as you are uh, swept away by your enemies while the sword of your enemies overtakes you or three days with the sword of the Lord consisting of pestilence infecting the land with the angel of the Lord wreaking destruction from border to border throughout all of Israel. And David said, this is a very bad choice for me to make. Let me now please fall in the hand of the Lord because of his, his mercy is great. But may I never fall into human hands. Then the Lord sent pestilence to Israel and 70,000 men in Israel died. God also sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But as he was about to do so, the Lord looked and withdrew the calamity by saying to the destroying angel, enough, stop what you're doing. So the angel of the Lord remained standing near the threshing floor that belonged to Oren, the Jebusite. And David looked up and he saw the angel of the Lord standing between the heaven and earth with a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. And David and the elders clothed in sackcloth fell on their faces. Um, and then and David's like, dude, wasn't I the one that ordered this census? Wasn't I the one that sinned? Now for these people, they're all sheep. What have they done? Lord, yeah. please let your hand be against so me and that's my ancestral whole, household. Right. So that's, that is the, the story there. And the point that I'm making is that David wanted to fall on God's mercy. And so this is what we need to do. Come on. Because we have been part of this system and we have perpetuated the system. And we want God to punish the wicked, and then we need to fall on his mercy. Come on. Okay, God, we didn't want to be part of this. God, forgive us for being part of the system. For God, forgive us for taking uh, kickbacks from the Federal Reserve and using the credit card system and, and, and the mortgage backing system and the IRA system and all these systems and sending our kids to public school, being part of the system using the back of slaves that we don't see, whether it's in the Philippines or Taiwan or even China. Okay, we have we have oh, we have sent um, we have outsourced our slavery so that we don't have to see it so it doesn't we don't feel like it's part of who we are. Okay, God help us to make our own clothes, help us to make our own shoes, and not some slave-minded person in China. Help us to grow our own food. Help us to build our own houses. Help us to do what we can do with our own hands and not rely on other people. Because I'm telling you, all these big millionaires and all these big billionaires out there, none of them worked hard. You would have to work from sunup to sunrise to actually so make from what from sunup to sun some, down. From sun down to make uh, a decent living with your own two hands. Yeah. But if you can go and you can borrow two million dollars and invest it, then you can have other men work for you. That's not the American dream. That's not what people came over here to do. They didn't come over here to have an American dream where you had slaves. Now, some people did. But the idea of you taking out a loan and then having other men work for you for the rest of your life because you've got money and you've got capital, that is not godly. That is not God's ways of doing things. We are supposed to be working with our own two hands, that which is good. Okay, we are supposed to work. It's part of who God created us to be. It's actually a good thing. All right. And and we have we 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 have decided that we are going to be a nation of slave old holders. And I say no more. God bring the system down. Boom. Wicked like says, uh, God gave you everything you need to make it work. It's up to you now. You can ask for guidance and wisdom, but I get the feeling God may be sick of babysitting and intervening all the time. Now, I get that sentiment, and a lot of people feel that way about God. Let me offer another side of God. I'll tell you what God gets sick and tired of. God gets sick and tired of us not asking for him. 
to come and help us, actually. That's when he gets irritated, because when we look at the Bible throughout the entire Bible, it wasn't when the people went to God and said, please give us your give us your guidance. We want you to help us. We want you to be the one out front. We're willing to do anything and obey you and listen to you and yada, 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 yada. That's when God was the most pleased. He got angry when they're like, nope, we got this. It's fine. God's going to, you know, he'll have our back. No problem. But you didn't go to him. You didn't ask him. You didn't seek him. You didn't trust him. That's when God gets irritated. So I'm not saying that God doesn't ever get irritated because he totally does. Mm -hmm. But he gets irritated with us when we take him out of the equation, when we don't want him to be. God, do you know that God wants to be in every tiny, minute detail of your life? That and that applies to society. God wants to be involved. He wants us to ask him to move his mighty hand on our behalf. He gets pleasure in that. That is his absolute favorite thing when we come to him and we act on the authority that he's given us and we ask for his strong arm to move on our behalf. That's when he has his greatest pleasure. His irritation comes when we don't ask him. Joy. Exactly. Exactly. Our Patriot Gallery says, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare, but he that trusts in the Lord shall be exalted. Amen. I think it's pretty late. I don't know if we have time to open up things. I know. We said we were going to do that. It is really late. Oh, it's, yeah, it's way too late. Okay, so just kidding. Sunday. Mail call will get postponed to Sunday, Sunday's World Sunday, News Sunday. Program. We'll make sure we have time. Don't we, call me a we'll, liar. We'll leave 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yes, ma'am. On the back end. All right, but what we do need to cover before we leave, though, this is really, really important. Like Leah said, if you want to join us, CoachDaveLive.com, this coming weekend. I'm going to yeah. pull up the website right now coachdavelive.com and then you go to the events tab. I'm going to pull it so up. So next you guys Friday, guys, it. we're not going to have a Friday show. Well, we'll have a Friday on pre-recorded show, but we won't have an after show. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be at the Creation Museum with Coach and Carrie Midday mm -hmm. and I possibly Tom Renz and possibly, and when I say at the actual, I don't know if they're all coming to the Creation Museum. Um on Friday, Lee and I haven't decided whether we're going to be able to make it to the Creation Museum or not. We're going to try. Um, but so Friday during the day, Creation Museum, which is phenomenal. Your life will be changed by going to that place, by the way. Um, and then in the evening on Friday from 6 to 9, we're going to be at House of Restoration Church, which is uh, close to us in Milford, Ohio, for a, a, a kickoff of the kind of conference atmosphere that we're going to have with Carrie Midday, Sherry Tenpenny, Tom Renz, Leah and myself, and coach Dave. Then the next day from 9am to 6pm will be one of the most incredible kind of intimate conferences. You don't get this kind of thing at all these other conferences. What happens is, and I've been to them, somebody gets up to speak. Like, let's say, let's take uh, Tom Renz. They give him 10 minutes. He just gets started. And then they take and they drag him off stage because they got to bring in another speaker. And you've got questions. You want to ask them and you don't get a chance. Right? So these people are going to get a chance to ask questions. You guys are going to get to, you know, have conversations with Sherry Tenpenny and Tom Renz and Carrie Midday and Leah, myself, and Coach. So this is going to be a really, really fun conference. So if you can make it, go to CoachDaveLive.com and sign up. You can get discounted tickets for the Creation Museum. And then the conference, I think, itself is like 39 or 49 bucks yeah. for the two days. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, so very, very much excited about that. What I'm also excited about... MyPillow.com, I'm going to take the RC off. Just go to MyPillow.com. Don't put the forward slash RC. 
Okay, this is important because all the deals are on the mypillow.com. You just have to use our promo code once you get there. So then once you get there, you go promo code RC. They are um, doing, oh shoot, where's all the sales? I might have to give you guys a special link. Oh, here they are. Okay, the all season slippers are having a closeout. I have no idea why they're getting rid of these, but they are. I don't know if they're going to bring them back at some point, but they're incredible. You're going to want these for summer, $25 a piece. They're limiting them to 10 per customer, okay? But another thing that I got really excited about was these sandals that I live in mine. By the way, you guys have seen me. They're only $19.98 right now. Also a closeout sale on the per cal sheets. They're $25 bucks right now. The percal sheets are $25. I think any any color that you choose is $25. Bucks. Hopefully they have them in your size. But right now is you can't get here's the deal. You can't get quality sheets no, anywhere for $25. No. Bucks. no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm telling you what, these sheets are absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are amazing. I love, 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 love these sheets. Um old school survival boot camp. In yes, May. in May. Old school, if you're not signed up for Old School Survival Bootcamp, I don't know what you're doing. I actually am hearing from a lot of you guys that you're signed up for Old School Survival Bootcamp. But um, hang on, let me get rid of my happy St. Patrick's Day so you guys can see this. Go to OldSchoolSurvivalBootcamp.com or ResistanceChicks.com and click on the banner in the upper right-hand corner. Our promo code link is there, Resistance Chicks. That's capital R, capital C, Resistance Chicks, one, one word there. And I think it'll save you like 12 bucks. But here's the deal. Every at the end of every month, the price goes up. So if you do want to attend, get your tickets before the end yeah, of March. Right. Okay. We want to see you guys there. 140 some odd classes of everything that you can possibly imagine: bushcrafting, bow and arrow, cooking over a campfire, um, first aid. We're going to be doing a constitutional money class. We're teaching constitution for kids. There's kids classes. Yes, I've been asked this a lot. Can kids come? This is a highly, highly kid friendly event. Yeah, totally. Three days. Bring all your camping. Family. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's going to be phenomenal. I am really excited because so. So many of you guys are telling me that you're coming and I cannot wait to see you guys here. It's a very, um, it again, altered all life altering mm -hmm. event, this, this whole entire thing. Um, so I want you guys to please, please, please come with us. You will love it. You will not regret it. I can promise you that that as a money back guarantee, even though I can't really issue that cause it's not my ticket, but if I could, I would issue mm -hmm. a money back guarantee. Um, last but not least, Organic body essentials. Yeah. I've been using the CBD tincture. I've been telling you guys about this. I came off of it for a little while and then my hips started bothering me and then I went back on it and the pain went away. It's it's just absolutely phenomenal. But I do have to tell you something. What? So the flawless face serum that we have been telling everybody to use. Mm -hmm. And I've been telling you that it's taking care of my crow's feet mm -hmm. on the side of my face. And not just my crow's feet, but like kind of the wrinkles underneath my eyes. I was using it every morning and every evening. And I thought, this is, you know, I'm doing really good. I'm just not going to use it anymore. And for about three or four weeks, that was fine. And then the wrinkles started to come back because I stopped using it. So I'm just telling you, it works. And it, because what I kept thinking is this is food for my face. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, Vicky Natale says. This is food for your face. So go to Organic Body Essentials. The scrub, the face scrub is absolutely I amazing. I stop using it. You did or you didn't? Did not. Okay, so that's why yours looks good. 
I did. So I poo poo on me. I've started using it the past couple of days. It's food. And I kept thinking, man, this is food for my face. So there's so much there. If your pets are having issues, they have a pet CBD tincture on the, yeah. And we use there. CBD tinctures for our pets and it really does help. Yes. So, and she has special cannabinoids. I think that's what they're called, mm -hmm. um, for her products that she uses. They're not just the regular ones. So I, maybe that's why this works better than others. I have no idea, but, um, so there is that now this is not an advertisement, although it is, it's not like anything that, um, going to change your life. Oh, wait, it is going to change your life. Revelation <laughs> Red Pill Wednesdays. Every single Wednesday, we are doing a brand new series. You still have time to get caught up before it's going to really, you're going to just be doing Resistance Chicks, Revelation yeah. Red Pill Wednesdays, marathons. Right. We've done four episodes. They are phenomenal. The mm. feedback that we have had from Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays has been the most feedback that we have ever had on any series, on anything that we have ever done on Resistance Chicks. This is, and you guys are so excited about this. And I am excited that you're excited about Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. Additionally, though, there's additional stuff. I feel like what's up there might be burning. Just smelling it. Um, in addition to the Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays, our friends, Corey and Jason and Serge, have started the Kingdom Roundtable on Monday nights that you can go to the Kingdom Roundtable's Rumble page and subscribe to that. But get this. Matt and Joy of Spiro Pictures, who we just had on this past Wednesday, they are putting out, so you go to Spiro Pictures or SpiroRumble.com, they're putting out these 20-minute sound, like, bites of Revelation. Uh, we call it Victorious Eschatology, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. We don't have a name for it exactly. They're putting out these 20-minute sound bites that are amazing. So if you have friends and you want to just send them, like, a little something, go to Sparrow Pictures and send them that. This coming Wednesday. I just got email confirmation today that we are going to have a guy named David, and I don't have his credentials with me or I would spout them off. I don't have them. Who is an authority or really, really good at breaking down how did modern end times theory, what we all believe with the 666 and the mark of the beast and the chip in our hand and the chip in our forehead, and we're going to be have our heads chopped off or pre-trib rapture, da -da 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 all this insanity that we've been taught when you watch the Left Behind series and all of that. Where on earth did that come from if it's not from the Bible? And it is not from the Bible. This is where resistance chicks shine. Because what do we cover? It's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. There was a concerted conspiracy to insert this theory into the body of Christ to make us impotent. It was a satanic conspiracy. It was a and, conspiracy and the people to involved grow old and get old. wrinkles. Just Wait, kidding. No. There you go. There's the flawless face serum. The people, the, these names that we've thrown out there, Darby and Schofield, the Plymouth Brethren, this is what it's, it should be made into a lifetime movie or something like a big they're, movie. They're, they're a big movie, but you know, I mean that it's kind of that conspiratorial. It's almost, it's sensational. That's the word I'm looking for. It is absolutely sensational. It's like going to be like watching one of those murder mysteries where the whole time you're going, no, no way. The whole episode this coming Wednesday, you are going to be going, nah, -uh. no, they didn't. No, they, and yes, they did. 
So all of that's going to be brought to light this coming Wednesday with David. So excited. You don't want to miss it. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Leah, who did we interview this week? Lee Merritt. Dr. Lee Merritt in the house. So if you didn't get a chance to see that episode, go to rumble.com. It was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I loved it. It was really, really good. And if you don't know, every Wednesday we go live on Real America's Voice at 8.40 a.m. I want to read um, uh, an email. Um, I hope you are right about the assessment of our side versus theirs in the spiritual war. We need a lot more progress in the natural as well. I get so I got so blackpilled the other day. That's when you're depressed. Uh, hearing the news on Carrie Lake's case. Sounds like there's no winning on the election integrity s- subject. Then uh, we have these people giving illegals the vote. It's just so insane, and people keep supporting all of it. Um, I'm not a good Christian, though, I try. Some days I still want to carpet bomb the whole West Coast, and I live there. I wish I was joking. I know God is doing things, and a lot is in motion. I see the revival, but I also see the pushback that always results from this. There's a movement to outlaw public prayer, as an example. It's obvious this is the response to the revival movement. One last thing, and this is interesting. I want you guys to know we listen to you uh, regarding your videos. While I love them, and I don't want the content itself to change, I do find I have a tendency to not commit to watching longer videos, say, more than an hour. Hour. I appreciate you breaking up the Kingdom series into three parts per episode. I take in a lot of my content on the road in my car, and there's usually videos less, they're usually about less than 30 minutes. At home, I can go longer, but still three hour shows are why I never got into Joe Rogan. I think a great model is how Tim Pool breaks up his long form shows into short videos, eight to 15 minutes typically per topic. He just takes what was a roundtable conversation that went all over the place and edits it into separate videos of each subject on its own video. Another channel on YouTube I watch or listen to is Black Conservative Patriot, and he uses the timestamp markers in his description block so people can jump to a particular story as his videos are never less than 30 minutes to an hour. I think if your shows were shorter and this way and more digestible, they might get a lot more views. I'm thinking the regular news shows you do weekly might be a good candidate for this. Anyway, it's just a suggestion, but I know you have a lot of work already going into these shows. So I would like to put this out there. If you would like to volunteer to take some of our videos and break them up into subjects or break them up into um, to videos, we can work something out so that you guys could share them for us. And we would be really appreciative. So if there's somebody out there who would like to come on board, we know that um, Blessed to Teach, he's got like a whole team of people that break his We don't up. have any volunteers. Yeah. Our, when I mentioned Patriot Gallery, all of these shows, when you talk about Tim Pool's podcast, Tim Pool has 40 employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when you talk about all of those videos that go viral in the, the little clips, mm-hmm. I love doing the chickmunks the chickmunk videos. And I just don't, I literally don't have, it's not just the time because somebody could say, well, if you don't do three hour shows, then you'd have time to do this. It's not that. It takes a lot of work to put out an eight to 10 minute video. Like you have to find the segment, you have to cut it to do all of that. It's, it takes so much work. And we literally, we don't have the money for employees. We don't even get paid ourselves for this. Okay. Like at this point. So all that we do right now is about 40 hours of volunteer work. That's I, all that, that we can do. I, all I'm asking is for if, if somebody like else wants to do this, yeah. I would love it. I don't think it. anybody is saying put it more time to resistance chicks. No, I know. So no, 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 It no, doesn't no. matter. What I'm saying is we are maxed out on what we can do. If anybody wants to volunteer to do those types of things, just email me. 
Okay. Yeah. Just email me. Like we, so I, a hundred percent, I would love to have somebody that wants to do those things. That yeah. would be incredible. If you want to. And so I'm just, but I don't disagree with everything that you're saying. And I have found the feedback that I, ha that you, you guys give us, um, on the revelation red pill break. Uh, that's, this is not the first person that has said that. Thank you for breaking these up. And as a matter of fact, I was thinking, I always combine the Brideon show with this show. I may not. Yeah. Well, I'll do it for the bit shoot and and everywhere else that it gets shared. But as far as on Rumble, I maybe we'll just upload it by itself and have it be its own segment. That's and I think idea. that you guys would probably like that mm -hmm. a lot because that's going to be a digestible, you know, show for minutes. you guys. It is. It's a forty-five minute show. I think it's a good idea. I think it's great. But I do love the tips. I don't take offense to any of them. It's one of those things that just weighs on you. You're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Michelle those. takes things too personally. Oh, I didn't she, take it personally. No, no, no. You take things personally. Like when somebody gives a tip or something, you really want to fix it right then and there. Whereas to me, I file it back in my head. And I'm like, huh. This okay. is one of those things that's been filed in my head for four years. Yeah. What you just mentioned. I want to do it. I love it. I think it's awesome. Our anointing is not to do that right now but if somebody wants to volunteer then we will run with it and i think it would be great so thank, thank you, you for that for all of your your i love i love to hear this is i can do this i can do that you know and as the lord leads then we can do it you know when we were on youtube we were first putting up videos that were just just one subject and they were going viral we got tons of views well then we got put in youtube basement and we found that when we went live then our videos got views. And that's the thing, to, to be perfectly frank, everywhere where we just upload videos, if I were to break these down into little segments, they may get three, 400 views for a little upload. But the live videos are the ones that actually do reach more So people. while we're gonna go live, we may as well go live with everything. Exactly. Because the uploads don't get as many views. It's very strange. It's disappointing. Now on YouTube though, the uploads would get views. But then they weren't, remember? You're and that's right. why we started going live. And our live videos on subjects, that's why we started going live. And that's why, that's what created the, the you, that's what created the long form show. Mm -hmm. Was because we, we were getting a short form show. We were getting thousands of people watching us doing our U News broadcasts. Yeah, exactly. And we started on Friday nights. And then Bridie on said, hey, do you want to do a Friday night? But and when Resistance Chicks got started, we were doing, we would take about six subjects. And we would do a, a six to ten minute video on that subject. And then, and then we would them. upload them. And then they would go viral. And then they stopped. So it's, you blame YouTube. <laughs> for the long the long show but a lot of you actually take the podcast with you you download it so remember we do have a podcast pretty much everywhere but the apple products where you find your podcast you can download every week at least the long shows are always there so all right remember it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth we love you guys god loves you god bless and we will see you on sunday for our world news show and leah's mail birthday mail call yeah that i didn't get to get to today because um we did all this other extra stuff so thank you guys for being so supportive and just share the video that's all you got to do and then tune in with us every wednesday that's the biggest gift you can give us we want to see you there all right bye guys god bless